Welcome. It is Thursday coming at you as usual. Bearded Drums Live. Jarrett and myself. Jarrett is amped up and ready to go today. Oh yeah, that uh I'm I'm feeling good now. That I've, power nap helped. Oh god, yes. <laughs> twenty I did the, those twenty three hours of no sleep and then boom, power nap on the couch. I'm sorry we didn't get Brooklyn's, but uh it's all right. It's a little a little less expensive having to go to Sonic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was even shocked when you text at twelve thirty or whatever. I was like, "You up?" Like, yeah. I'm making sure, man. Making sure. I don't. I don't. Hey, I know you had a the the weekend uh weekend at Bernie's with the yeah. at the hangout. So I wasn't quite sure, you know, what else was going on. So I just wanted to make sure. I was like, "Well, I'm. I've been up for a while." Yeah. I've been up before you because I haven't gone to bed yet. I was like, just want to make sure <laughs> that you know everything was good to go. No, even though I stayed up as late as usual, I still got up at ten or whatever it was. God, um, yeah, I just gotten used to like six six hours of sleep is generally about the average I get. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite a week for both of us. But Jarrett is power napped and he is raring to go. You should have seen him just before I hit live. He wouldn't shut up. He was running around the room, throwing drumsticks at the wall. So with all three square feet of space, we got. Uh, <laughs> That's right. In this room, <laughs> I want to get. I got to get a another GoPro or something and put it up like outside the field of view, so they can finally see what this looks like and how kind of cramped we are in this room when the full thing is set up. When the full thing is set up, there's like lights, cameras, monitors everywhere. It's not a, not quite a drum room anymore. So um, got a good show for you today. Got a bunch of updates for you today. And of course, as usual, we got our fan viewer submissions and all that kind of stuff. So um, I was told that I was dragging a little bit in the front part of the show or not dragging, but, you know, taking a while to get through all the housekeeping for every week. So we're going to try to burn through it today and get straight to the good stuff. So. Oh. Obviously, first and foremost, remember that you can always find the audio version of the podcast on all major podcast platforms, obviously, every Thursday live here at 6. But you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Simply search the term Bearded Bearded Drums. Drums. So if you want to watch the podcast audio only version, you can do that. And we encourage that as well, um, you know, to spread as much as we can get around. Um other than that, oh, uh, before I forget, uh, like we've been saying for the past couple of weeks, and just so we can get everybody on board, the legacy stickers for the legacy members are in. And is this the picture of the sticker? There we go. So that's the stickers. They are in. They are ready to go. And we need ever. Oh, of course, this is the stupid, um, the old list. Anyway. Um, I need everybody that has been on the legacy list to send me your mailing address to beardedrums at gmail.com that you can see uh, right in front of you. And we will be getting those out really soon. I mean, I'm going to get that done probably at some point this week. And of course, now that I'm looking for it, I can't find the stupid proper... uh, legacy list um but anyway um we need to get those mailed out so if you for the past couple weeks have seen your name on the legacy list get me your mailing address to beardedrums at gmail.com so that we can get that done and get it sent out i want to say that i've got that i mean i would not have deleted that 
um, proper legacy list, but I be- apparently I did. So I'll have to get that when you're talking later on in the show. I will get that. Um, the updated list. Yeah, the updated list. So anyway, uh, moving on. Like I said, we got the stickers in. We're going to be getting those out to you very soon. Uh, Jarrett had a good little week. Got a bunch of stuff sold. Got some stuff coming in. So, Jarrett, go ahead and let us know about all that. Thank you, Stephen. Um, oh, oh, you're welcome. So, our good friend Hugh, I got that Catalina uh, bop kit from him uh, last year around this time. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, was it? I don't, I don't know. No, it any, was any pandy years are now blurry for me. So. Yeah, it might have been might be two years now. Um. Anyway, uh, sold that uh, to Hugh, got some cash off of that, and then this morning I shipped off uh, the 1966 Gold Sparkle Ludwig to a guy in Vermont. If you want to check out that drum set that just sold, uh, you can go through Steven's videos for the vintage kits, and it's the Gold Sparkle one he talks about, so I got that sold today. Uh, well, it sold two days ago, but I'll have it it's shipped out this morning. Um so I got that done, and then there's a guy. I'll, we'll have the picture later on, um, but I bought yet another snare drum. Oh, no, I've got you. Hold on. Let me swing into action on the photo. I'm trying to find that updated list, but I might have been dumb and done something stupid with it. So here is, let me see if you find it. Jared, there we go. There you go. So um, I've been watching this on Reverb for quite a while, and... I asked the guy because it's not on the picture of the bottom, but the bottom head is one of those like old, kind of cheap and crappy, uh, like white rezzo heads, and you can't see the inside. So he took the whole drum apart, showed me the inside. It's got the silver sealer. It's the real thin shell. So I was like, it looks like Gretsch. If not, uh, it'll be something cool to have regardless because it's single tension. And then plus, I get die cast tubes. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's in great condition, number one. Yeah. Um, I love the color, um, as opposed to the Duco that would fade. You know, I like that. I like the racing stripe. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's, it's, it's a nice-looking drum. And what is that, six lug? Uh, yes, it's a, it's a student model. Um, it's, got yeah. the, it's got the Renown, sorry, Renown throw-off. You see on the right side. Um, it's even got the original snare wires, which is really cool. For, to have that with the drum yeah um, i was like and i think i told you i was talking to um hugh and hugh the drum that he recently got he was excited about the fact that it had the original and they were skinny they were man i don't know it was six eight strands of that, that, that one, snare wire yeah that one's also uh same thing six, yeah six or eight so i'm really excited to see how that's going to sound whenever uh it comes in uh i paid the guy two twenty five. So after um, taxes and stuff, it came out to be uh, two forty and change. No, that's not bad. That's I mean, Mm-mm. if I average out all the little vintage drums that I have picked up, uh, a lot of them come out to be about two thirty, two forty every time once you do shipping and tax. So that's a pretty good price. Oh yeah, so I'm really excited to get it in. Um, and that's really it for all I have for. Oh, I forgot about this. Uh, so from Stephen's snare endeavor. I end up calling Sweetwater while I was here at Steven's house and I'm in the process of getting my quote and stuff and get my financing hopefully locked in tomorrow for a brand spanking new USA custom in 
Twilight Caribbean or Caribbean Twilight finish. I don't have a picture of that to show the finish, but if you guys are interested, check it out. It's a cool finish. It's a it's a fade finish, so it's black fades into this deep kind of greenish turquoise, more green, less blue, and then back to black again. It's real slick and it's a lacquer too. Yeah, it's and I I kind of been poking Jarrett because he was mentioning like you know we all know he just got the stop sign kit from. Uh, Mike Malone and you had mentioned something else and uh, finally I just kind of I didn't not snapped but jokingly kind of snapped at him I was like just buy a USA custom like instead of going around finding all this other stuff and like always one thing is just not right like oh it has the wrong size this or yeah just do it so I was you know I was surprised when you just rat just went up and called him so I think I you know if it if it works just like it worked when I ordered mine you should have a quote by tomorrow yeah Granted, now you got to call him back and tell him double time out. Yeah, I got to email. I'm going to email him uh, when we get done tonight and be like, hey, Tim, I forgot something uh, very important. It needs to have the pre-installed double time mount because I'm not dealing with that. No. Up the symbol saying shenanigans. No, no. I was talking to Hugh about it the other day, and it's just like, from now on, like, I will not be buying. I, I get the allure of a vi- uh, virgin bass drum. Yeah. It is beautiful because you see all the finish and just, just the badges there, but... I do not want to have to fly toms off of cymbal stands. stands. And especially yeah. since I use the DW lightweight stuff, I can't be doing that anyway. No, you'd have to you'd have to change your entire setup again. Yeah, I'd have to pull back the double uh the double brace pearl whatever series, like nine hundred series or whatever it is. Yeah. Um and then it wouldn't fit in the bag and it would just defeat the whole purpose. So yeah. I've gotten to the point in, you know, later in life where it's like, uh, no, everything has to be mounted on the bass drum. Um, so it'll be cool. Like I said, if it works as easy as mine worked, he's going to send that over to the um, <clears throat> special orders guy. Yeah. And he's going to go into the porter, portal for Gretsch drums and see what the availability is so he can tell you how long. They'll send you back a quote. I would imagine by tomorrow you'll know. That way you can say yay or nay. Yeah. And then you'll be because you did it now. And what the only downside to that is, is when you do that, you'll be locked into the good part is you'll be locked into that 48 months. But you have to start paying now. Yeah. So which is obviously fine. But that's the only downside to doing it that way. You get exactly what you want and you get the current financing option, which is 48 months for them, which is the highest they're going to offer. But you have to start paying on it until it comes in. So um, I think it'll I think it'll go smooth. I would imagine Gretsch should probably be able to turn that out in a reasonable amount of time. You're not asking for something super weird. Yeah, from what I've seen on the the Gretsch Facebook group, um, the general turnaround time for some of these guys' kits have been six months at the earliest and eight. Yeah. Um, and so I don't believe it should be too hard or too difficult. I mean, a lot of these guys are getting wrapped and like the hand rub finishes. So I don't think mine would be uh, too exorbitant uh, yeah. of a thing to do with. I'm not getting anything custom done. No fancy wraps. It's just blacker. I mean, it's black fades to blue back to black again. So it, I and it's worth, it's worth yeah. it. Let's be honest, even though it does suck having to wait for stuff, especially when stuff is really expensive because then you're really excited about it. But once you get it, it'll be the kit. Yeah. You picked out the finish. You picked out, the modern or the heritage build, you picked out the sizes. You told him what you wanted specifically for the snare drum, you know, uh, as far as the wood or metal, how many plies. Um, so even if it did take eight months, totally worth it. You know, you've seen guys do it on Instagram and YouTube when they are so excited, they get those Gretsch boxes come into their house, any boxes, obviously. 
Um, and you get to do that whole experience of it's going to have the certification card from Gretch. It's going to be it's going to be you. Oh yeah, you know. And of, of course, I'm sure somebody has ordered that finish before out of the catalog. But it's not like that's a standard. Yeah, you know, it, that's not, it's not when you go on to like Forks or whatever, and you see like yeah. all the finishes. It's rarely get to see uh, that finish show up. Um, like I was looking on Reverb, and I found a snare drum in that finish. Yeah. And it was probably like somebody either ordered a full setup and ended up using the snare so they got rid of it. Or probably what what kind of what I'm doing with the Pearl Snare, I ordered that Music City Custom in a finish I would love. Also, it's a finish because it's black and white. will generally go with anything I own. But on the off chance I do love it, then I know I can order that. Like once you see it in person and hold it. Then I know, oh, if I ever wanted to order a kit, I would be ordering in that black, whatever it's called, black oyster glitter. Yeah. Um, so you might have just gotten, you know, what you saw was either somebody doing a tester. I go, I'll order the snare in this finish, and if I like it, we'll can proceed. Maybe they didn't like it. Maybe that's why it's on eBay, or maybe they just ordered it with the kit and didn't end up using it. Um, but I think being that that's probably a rarer finish because it's a custom finish, you're going to be obviously you'll sit there knowing well like wow this is really one of probably five yeah that's ever been done in that finish as of recent so i'll be excited for it to uh to come in and we'll totally not open the boxes at my house i will bring them here and we will do it an official real video that of, is, uh, of, of my unboxing. that's some restraint right there. yeah that yeah well <laughs> once it all comes in it'll still be in boxes it'll be here yeah and then we'll we'll be out in the in the cave. That's right. And we'll do it like we did everything else of mine. I brought in. <laughs> Have you touched it yet? Nope. You're going to see it live with us. That, yeah, that'll be good. Um, so like I said, hopefully it'll go quick, and then tomorrow you should know some specifics. Um, did you tell them about your selling stuff while I was digging for the photo? Yeah, I told them about the Logan stuff I've sold. Awesome. So yeah, stuff's starting to move. You've got uh, hits on all the other stuff. And you know, uh, and then, of course, when does that... Did it say when that drum's supposed to come in? Uh probably like five days um so, so sometime go. next week i'll have that uh that single tension yeah um well cool uh if anybody saw the community post on uh youtube what's today thursday tuesday yep uh you would have seen that i was having quite an eventful afternoon in gulf shores alabama usa at the hangout and uh I had mentioned to him, and I, th I probably said it on this podcast, I was super excited for that gig. It's a huge stage with a huge sound system, a dedicated sound man, and I know that the sound man does not watch this show, but on the off chance that I ever do mention to him in passing, because I love talking to him, like we will stay later when we're done after the gig. I'm like already packed up and I'll still be talking to him. On the off chance I mention it to him, I love your mixing. You do such a good job. My ears sound immaculate. My drums sound like what you would think at a big festival size stadium yeah. uh, uh, setting. And I, I was excited for the gig. I was up early. I had the drums bagged up and ready to go. And I'm like, all this stuff I've been practicing and working on, I'm going to get to try out in a big setting where it's going to sound right. And we get there. Traffic was fine because it was kind of, it's you know, the weather's been crap with the rain lately. Oh, yeah. We got out early, so when we went through Mobile, it was like four. Not time for traffic yet, so it was a smooth ride over there. We get there. I ran inside because I had to pee really bad. Dakota gets most of my stuff out of the car and sets it by the riser. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. 
I start lining everything out and, uh, and getting everything out. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm really good about this stuff. I'm, I'm borderline OCD on making sure there's backups of backups and all, everything's always accounted for. My stick bag is not there. I'm like, Oh, good Lord. Go back to the car. And I'm like, Oh, it's not, it's not here. And I'm, I, of course I'm thinking to myself, don't worry. You're the master OCD backup plan guy. So, you know, you, you keep sticks in your backpack you got the drummer's emergency kit. You keep more extra stuff in the hardware bag. You're going to be good. And then it hit me. You took those extra sticks that you have kept in your backpack for years out. Not a week ago, because I finally got to the point where I was trying to shove more stuff in my backpack. And it's like, you, you, you're really good about this. You know, there's no real need for these. And, Probably what I was thinking at the time was, and what saved me at the gig on Tuesday was, at the end of the day, my practice sticks will be in the backpack. They don't leave the backpack. So I guess if you had in a pinch to use them. But those are Vic Firth MS1s. Big old marching sticks. If you've ever seen an MS1 or seen a marching stick, you can imagine how big and heavy these are. And I use them every day when I'm on the pad. I have a set in the house at my practice pad set up here in a, in a practice a small practice pad and a set in my bag that don't ever leave and I, it's a great workout and we all know this this and you know, yeah. most guys use marching sticks for their pad work or workout warm up and then they transfer to their sticks for the kit and i'm like well okay so everything's good you know i've got at least i have some sticks i've got extra drum keys obviously stuffed everywhere i've got an because i keep my bass drum beater and my hi-hat clutch in my stick bag but I've got two different clutches hidden in the drummer's emergency kit and in the hardware bag, so I'm good there. I'm like, oh, shit, bass drum beater. No, there's one in the, emer the emergency kit, so I had everything. I get set up, and all I have to do is prepare myself for, all right, now you got four sets of swinging these MS1s. So just don't be trying to do everything you normally would do, just at least up front, see yeah. how it's going to be, ease myself into it. And, you know, so we're playing and I'm like, okay, this isn't terrible. I know I'm probably going to be tired by the end of it, but I, I can, I can, I can swing this. And I made it out with no blisters by the end. So we're playing first set goes fine. I'm like, okay, everything sounds really good. I mean, granted I'm swinging tree trunks, but that's fine. Yeah. You know, there's just not any nuance today. It's all <laughs> it's just, raw it's, hemi it power. Is, it is backbeat city. There's yeah. nothing else. Yeah. So. First set goes fine. Second set, about two songs into the second set, we're playing whatever, and I see, you know, the, the hangout looking this way, the beach is right there. And I do mean 70 yards from the stage is the, the shore. So I see this, just like that, that, that hurricane or that tropical storm brought up all this weather, I see a huge, and when I say black, I don't mean like, oh, it's going to rain, like, oh. It's going to rain. It's going to Something's going to happen. Yeah. Huge black cloud coming straight at the bar. And I'm thinking like, hell yeah, we're going to get rained out. <laughs> We've gotten into the second set. They're going to probably pay us the whole, the whole amount. And we get to go home at nine as yeah. opposed to 11. And here comes the thing. And I'm playing. I'm like, yeah, you bring it. You dirty little, like, come on. And that cloud splits and goes, I swear to God, it might have not split, but that storm went on either side of us. 
And all it did was kick up like probably 30, 40 mile an hour winds in the middle of that second or third tune of that set ride and right side crash come right into me. And I'm like, Oh, you know, they don't, it's a huge state. So all of the other people in the band don't see it. And I'm like, I push him back. I'm like, no big deal. But here they come again. The wind's blowing, you know? So for that entire song and finally the bass player looks around, he's like, Oh shit, I'm having to hold with my hand and my elbow on each one on each symbol, hold up these symbols while I'm like kind of lent side, just playing. I'm like, Jesus, this is going to, you know, I'll make it through. So I got through that song, the wind's still kicking. I just took the ride and the crash off and just set them down. And I actually have some photos for you. Number one, I've got, yeah. So this, which you probably can't see that well, but in, in regards to the size of that snare drum, those are huge drumsticks. But this shows you what my setup looks like. It's a really big stage, a nice big drum riser. You know, there's the Pearl with the uh, Istanbul setup. So this is how I'm going into that song. The wind kicks up, and like I said, all these cymbals are falling on me. I'm having to play with one, not even one hand. I can do that with my right hand very comfortably. But I'm having to play with my left hand only, and hold these cymbals up. That song gets done, and then I basically just rip the right so i played the rest of the second and no just the rest of the whole second set with nothing on my right and like i said it's not a big deal until you do a fill or a move that you have done seven million times in a row and then realize you just smacked a empty stand because there's not a symbol there or whatever so it took a little getting used to got through it all right by the end of the night you know i've Everything that I have been working on recently and trying to work into my playing, that's out the door. Focusing on how good my drums sounded, that's out the door. It was just survival mode at this point, and it was basically get through the gig. Got through the gig, and I, I jokingly mentioned to Dakota, I was like, yeah, I'm going to wake up tomorrow when I get ready to practice again. It's either going to be like excruciatingly sore because the last set, which would have been an hour, 20 minutes left, I was just like, dude there were no double strokes there were no there was no 16th notes it was eighth note city because i was just i was burnt swinging those things all like my didn't have any blisters or anything but i was just i burned through every calorie i had my arms had given out and i jokingly said to dakota like i'll either get back on the pad tomorrow and it'll just be like oh i got nothing it's so sore or i was going to feel like a herculean god and i did admit when i got on the pad i was like wow I wouldn't suggest it to anybody, but I did get a nice workout. And some dude actually commented on the community post. I saw that. Because I said, you know, pro tip joke. This is all a joke. Like pro tip, guys, if you don't want to have to swing these MS1s around for a whole gig, four hours, don't forget your sticks. And whatever that guy's name was, probably joking. I'm sure he wouldn't be in a, a dickhead, but he was like, what did he say? Some of them like, I'm glad someone else plays. No, 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 no. It was like, it's like, I don't mind. I'm like, and all I could think was if you every gig day in and day out, or even just when you're at home playing day in and day out can swing those MS ones or a Ralph Hardiman or something like that, more power to you. I cannot. And I do not feel, you know, small for admitting the fact that, no, I don't want to, I don't even want to swing two B's around. I know, I know one drummer who plays with MS ones on his kid. And it's the guy that plays for a band called Rings of Saturn. 
they're a technical metal band. Yeah. And he plays MS1s, and I don't see how. But I'm kind of glad that you kind of got the taste taste of like a of a four hour <laughs> marching set because it's like you're saying all this and everything, and I was like, I'm like looking back at it now. It's like I used to do eight hour football game days with marching sticks, and I was like, I'm like Stevens gets to experience like his first like, oh my god, these sticks sucks until you get used to them. Well, I mean, well, I did get used to them, and like I said, there were certain things that were really easy flams all of a sudden because you're swinging so much wood flams were really those that was my go-to for most of the night or doing like right left foot triplets Mm -hmm. was really easy doing a five or six stroke off the second time to the like like da 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 da, was that was really easy but it it came to the stuff that i do more normally like like crush rolls double stroke rolls trying to pull out a quick paradiddle once i had started burning all my energy i was like i don't have the I can't, I can't pop that double, you know, it was just it, but it was, it was an experience. It was a learning experience and it taught me to, to really trust in and fall back on all those backups that I had that I've set up all over those years. As soon as I got back home before I got in the shower, before I got my iPad back out and set everything back up before the drums came out of the bags, I went into that stick bag I have of just regular sticks grabbed three pairs of sticks stuck them in that Vic first sleeve and they are now back in my backpack that will never happen again you now have no excuse because you've now been gifted two pairs of Steve Gads oh uh, talk while I while I grab them oh um, so I took Charlie's advice and tried out those uh, Steve Gad sticks I Charlie did not like them uh, they're just there's not enough forward Hutzva for me but I brought him out to the juke on Sunday, and Stephen loves them. I so if you don't know, if you, I mean, I'm sure everybody in a music store has seen the Steve Gad drumstick. They're black. It's black. Um, great stick. I think we all will generally agree, even if you don't like them for everyday use. Yeah. It's a good stick. It's a very iconic stick. Obviously, it's Steve Gad stick. It's been around as long as I can think of Vic Firth. Ever since I was a child, they've always had that. Uh, Steve Gadd's signature model. Yeah. But just like the JoJo Mayer and the um, Dave Weckl and the Buddy Rich, which is an awesome stick. Um, and even like I would imagine I'm not a marching guy and never marched in my life, but I would imagine if I were a marching drummer and I had the choice, I would never pick a Ralph Hardman because it has pain on it. I get the visual aesthetic of it, but I personally would be like, I would rather I know I'd rather the feel of. Real, the uh, grain. Wood, yeah. Um, so that was the problem with all of those sticks. And then our good buddy, Charlie, from across the pond, mentions the fact that there is a Steve Gadd model with no paint on it. And I think it's called an SG2. I think it's VF, Vic Firth, Steve Gadd. SG is the one that we all see, the black one. This, I believe, I have the, the sleeve somewhere, is, is a VF SG2. You have to check me on that, but they do offer a model that is just wood grain and i absolutely love these it does have a smaller uh end taper and tip than i'm really used to but opposite of what you said i actually felt the throw on it was really good they felt really good probably for small to medium usage anything big like what i would have done on tuesday they would probably be a little too small but i was excited to try these out on tuesday which i didn't get to do so big props to charlie for suggesting the Steve Gad 
natural version. And I'm sure you can find these. Where did you find them? I got mine off of Amazon through uh, Chicago Music. Okay, so obviously they're you know they're you can get these easily. And they had a deal too. It was uh, um, discounted that uh, two pairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a little bit less. Yeah. Um, so if you are like me and you love some of these signature model sticks, but you absolutely hate painted sticks. There's one for you, the Steve Gadd model, but you can get it in a natural, which leads me to believe it's probably possible to get other people's signature models in a in a natural finish. Um, I always thought the um, the Jojo Mayer and the Buddy Rich would be awesome sticks if you could get them. Uh, in. They made Buddy Rich unpainted. I would can probably convert back to sticks again. I played those for years. They're great sticks. Those are comfortable I, sticks. I just got tired of having white paint all over my symbols. That and I, as soon as my hands get sweaty, those just they fly out of my yeah. hands. Like there's you know, there's no question about how long I'm it's going to be. Mm, within a half a song I'm going to drop something because the paint is just it's no good. So it's too slick. There you go. Thank you, Charlie, for bringing that up. We got them here. Uh, if you want to find these, go on the Internet and look for the Steve Gads. I want to say it's a VFSG2. I might be wrong on that, but you could that at least get you started for the search to try to find the oops to try to find these. So, yeah, because he has this. So you have the you have the the black ones with nylon tips. You have the black ones with wood tips and you have the natural ones. Yeah. With so, wood tips. Very cool. Um, and, and again, thanks to Charlie for bringing that up speaking of our boys we got uh jose vasquez out there what's up brothers how you doing how are you locos doing today we're doing well my man yes sir buenos noches jose we got mark whitten and hello fellas listening to you and working on a floor tom for the micro kit if it's the one i'm thinking of that's a cool pearlescent finish and we've probably got some photos of that yes sir Ooh. uh and he said i sent you my address and instagram and email i hope you got it yes i did get it and um like I said, I don't know what I did with that stupid updated legacy list. It is somewhere. Um, so if you're not sure whether you're on the legacy list or not, I know this is annoying. Peep episode 19. Yeah, go back. In, either was it was there one before that or is it just the last I think, one? I think episode 19 and 18 both have an updated Okay, go list. back to 18 or 19. Check them both. Um, that should have the full updated list. I just don't know what I did with it. Um, and go check that out to uh, make sure your name is on there. Charlie says, evening, guys. Top of the morning to you, Charlie. Yes, sir, and thank you again for the stick mention. My man Frank's in the says, greetings from New Jersey. What's it like? I was talking about Jersey last night. Uh, one of the girls I work with, I was uh, singing to Miss Kathy. She works in the cage. Um, whenever I'm tired or bored, I'll sing Sherry. But I'll say, Kathy, Kathy, baby. baby. Yeah, <laughs> like we do to Brandy. Um, <laughs> and she's like, who is that? I'm like, the Jersey Boys. Yep, Frankie Valley, and she's like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm gonna school you tonight." <laughs> uh, we got Richie says, "Good morning, peeps. Congrats on number twenty and another day of life. I'll be on and off today. Love you, dudes. Glad to see you Love as you usual. Love you too, Richie. And I have something to ask you later on, Richie. So if you're still around, just let me know because I have something that you probably haven't dug into. You live in Japan, and I will totally give you money if you can go find this for me. So we got Dave Drake." A.K. the Wizard. Greetings from Hard Rock Cafe. What you doing out there, Dave? Yeah, man. What's going on? You doing some uh, mixing down at the cafe today, or are yeah, you playing? You're, you're turning your back on the old nugget. I wouldn't blame you. Got to get those freelance. Gigs, oh man. no, he's probably playing with. Um, what's that guy's? Chris um, the Rougarous. I think I thought that's who Dave was. Let us know, Dave, in the chat. What you're doing? Are you mixing sound, or are you playing today? 
I think I've ever seen the. He's been doing. I've been so hard keeping up with everyone because his Facebook profile picture is the is the storm guy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, who is this? I'm gonna go with Dave. <laughs> um, we got Mike Malone. Well, my gig got rained out, so here I am, dudes. If you run out of stuff to talk about, Jared can share my Amazon drum shopping horror story. Oh, that's right. We do have to, to talk yesterday. about that. Yeah, I, I feel so bad for Mike on that. Um, Frank says I saw the Cat Club last week too. Great drum kit, but I picked up a self of used Renowns in the same sizes. Solid. You cannot go wrong with Renowns. I don't know if you heard me talking to Hugh, but he was telling me that um, he liked the way I tuned the bass drum and the tom. He said, you did a really good job. And I was like, that's high praise. Yeah, I was like, Hugh said I did a good job. He was like, I didn't touch anything. I was like, he didn't touch anything. That's right. That is (laughs) high praise. Oh, and stop. pause in the comments. We have a date. For Hugh Barlow. 22nd. The 22nd of July, we will have Hugh Barlow on here. We were doing tests today to try to figure out how to get the drum, the overhead and the kick into the uh, podcast setup. With no luck, we had no success, but I will get, that gives me plenty of, I mean, if not before, that gives me plenty of time to get that set up and ready to go for if we do a drum tuning. Uh, somebody requested that uh, dr- uh, Hugh do his drum tuning on a kit, and another person back a while ago requested that we do a snare drum tuning live on the show. So I want to get that set up for, besides the fact of all of us talking and whatever we're going to be talking about that day, I want to have the audio set up so we can do live drums. So we're going to get that set up, and then on the 22nd, Hugh Barlow will be our next guest. And then after that, I'm going to be more regular on call up Ray Hanser, get Phil back. Hopefully we can get Pat on here at some point. Like we're going to start getting uh, back to that, the original idea of one episode with you and me, one episode with you and me, one episode with a guest and repeat. So July 22nd for everybody, that is going to be a extra special podcast like all of them that have the guests on them so make sure to tune in obviously every week but july 22nd for hugh and back to the comments we got david huckstead what's up gentlemen hope you are having a great day hope you are too david it's been pretty good so far today charlie says that caribbean twilight looks stunning that'll be one hell of a kit oh it is charlie i am super excited um Josh Breslow, hello, gentlemen. Josh, I got a bone to pick with you. You said you were going to send me photos the other night, and you haven't, and I'm hurt. I thought we were boys. Deeply hurt. Uh, Mark says, I'll send you a couple of pics of my project. I have the 16 by 12 bass drum done, sort of. To port or not to port, always port. Even though I am against porting, it's... Well, but the, the the good part about that is don't port it. And then if you don't like it, port it. Yeah. Don't port it and then go oh kind of would have liked put the head on there without the port unless you're going to order a pre-ported head but if you're going to do the holes uh sticker yourself don't port it and then you know it doesn't do everything your heart desires then port it um you're right porting even though i know you prefer not ported porting is the easiest way to go because most sound men that i have run into across my life they don't know what to do when it comes no. to not a non-ported snare drum. They kind of freak out. Um, so porting makes it easier. But start off with non-ported, see if you like it, and then kind of go to ported would be at least my suggestion. That's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a whole nother I don't topic. so bucks for me to get on for that. <laughs> um, let me get back down. Okay. Frank says, I had a USA Custom and a Caribbean Blue finish, but it wasn't a fade. Still probably really pretty. Oh, yeah. 
Nothing but drums. What sizes? 32 kick. That would be cool. I'm getting standard fusion sizes. Um, 7 by 10, 8 by 12, 14, 14, then 14 by 20 for the kick. And then I'm getting a matching snare drum, which is 6.5 by 14, which goes against my whole rule of not having a snare drum match. But for this, no, this is, the, this a, this is the exception because it's... It's going to be its own like cohesive unit. Yes, I have other snare drums. I'll totally swap in and out. But, but also, that's such a pretty. And if you don't, if you haven't seen it, you can go onto Gretsch's USA Custom part of the website, and it is Caribbean. What is it? The Caribbean Twilight. Caribbean Twilight. Go look at it. It is absolutely beautiful finish. So I would say in in this, if you were just getting some kind of standard sparkle or like a standard wood finishes, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. This is going to be a really pretty finish, so I would actually say go with oh, yeah. you know, the matching snare because then you've got, say, this is God forbid, you don't end up using the kit and you get rid of it down the road. You can keep the snare drum, and then you still have a snare drum in a beautiful finish. Oh, yeah. If you do keep it, which you obviously will because you know, you're a Gretsch guy, you'll love it, you will have a really classy-looking matching setup like that oh, will be to note it's gonna be slick i'm gonna yeah. make all these nerds on here look bad <laughs> like what you playing with your uh with your your drum seeker bags oh these cheap 25 dollar bags boom five thousand dollars with these drum. old rags <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um we got mike malone says congrats in the usa jared did you mention all the sizes i just did now um, Charlie Smith, always keep a couple pairs of sticks in the hardware bag just for that situation, should it ever arise, which is, I was so surprised whenever you texted it's me It's my dumminess, and like I said, I kept those sticks in my backpack, which goes, even when I'm not playing drums, that backpack goes, goes everywhere with me. There were, for years, and finally I was just like, you've overcome this, you don't, you know, and I think it was, I was trying to figure out how to get something else in the bag, and it's just one of those dumb moments. Luckily, there was something in the bag, Yeah, thank but... God. Even though the lesson had already been learned for years, the lesson is now relearned. Sticks are back in the backpack. And just, you know, it will, don't worry. This will never happen again. Everything else, all the fail safes kicked in for the bass drum pedal beater, for the clutch, for the, ba- uh, for the drum key. I just, I flubbed it on the, I'm sorry, guys. I dropped the ball on the sticks. The key to this lesson is an old military saying that a friend of mine's father told us two was one, one is none. That's right. Uh, we got Richie says I saw your gig post. Figured you'd go into detail. That's a typhoon arriving. There's a typhoon arriving tonight, but no gig. Just kitty cat snugs and the pad. Dude, a typhoon. That's some serious. Uh, that's some serious stuff. That's a lot of water. Yeah. Um, I wonder. Yeah. Do, I mean, I know that's obviously that's the title for what they call a hurricane over there. How often are y'all getting those, uh, Richie, over there? Is it like? multiple ones a season because i know for us this last year's hurricane season was active yeah. we had a more than more, more name storms than usual and they made landfall obviously not on all of us but louisiana mississippi alabama and florida there was a lot last year we even got and, into the greek names too sort of yeah yeah we started and this in. year we're already even though that one that came through a week ago or whatever it's just a really just a bad tropical storm dude it's only june and we're getting these so i think it's going to be an active year for us again. Hope not. So yeah. let us know, Richie, if y'all are having like a super active year. Uh, Doc Momo says you were so sweaty, dude. I was disgusting. Like by the time, you know, cause you're, you're hot anyway. And I don't know about y'all, but you, you might be the same way. I sweat more set up and takedown than when I'm playing. 
So we played. I was sweaty, of course. By the time I was done breaking down and everything was in the car, I was gross. By the time we got home, all it had dried. So it's just salt all over my arm. Like I could feel it. Dude, that was one of the best showers. But it was also a great workout because, like I said, when I got back on the pad, it was just like, I have power. Like, I, I got a good workout. I know when I had to do that gig uh, last summer with Colin in uh, Dakota, I had to put Band-Aids, like pasties, on me. Yeah. I was chafing so bad because my, my shirt and pants were sweated out within 15 minutes of us starting. That is what it's like playing in the South, guys. You think it's cold up there? Come down and get sweaty and have raw <laughs> yeah, really? nips. It's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. I'll fight you over any day of the week. Hashtag raw nips. <laughs> Let's go on the T-shirt whenever we make one. There you go. Hashtag raw nibs. We got Charlie Smith says, those sticks are the ones for me for sure. Natural finish just sits perfectly in my hand. Richie says, I love the Buddy Rich sticks. Ditto. Just go to without the paint. That's what we're talking about. Perfection and achieved. It really is. Richie says, how do you guys feel about the rubber dips like Vic Grip? Always got so sticky and gave me blisters, but people like Gavin Harrison swear by them, except he adds Zildjian wax to them. One of my students had... Those sticks and the thing that sucks about them is that that coating does not last as long as you think it is. And then after a while, he just had a regular pair of five A's. I've kind of, I kind of feel about them as the same way as I do. Like, even though I did, this was all when I was a child playing baseball, playing football, any kind of sporting activity where like, if you played baseball, you know, you see some um, receivers use gloves. Yeah. Some guys I knew did the whole batting glove inside of the mitt i can't i have to be able to have a tactile feel on the ball that i'm throwing and like when i would play baseball i had to be able to feel the glove it's the same thing i have to feel that wood grain i can't do the slick sticks with the high gloss coating i can't do the tacky sticks with the rubber or the spray on like vic firth does yeah it just doesn't feel right i can only really get down with a raw you know a, a typical stick that's just that's just me but a lot of guys swear by those Zildjian dipsticks and the Vic grips. So yeah. I mean, I, I can, but I can see it. I, I do get it. Mike Malone says, hashtag Gretsch guys. Jarrett and I are brothers in branding when it comes to drum because we play what's right. We play the standard of the world. So keep that in mind. What the, you talking about the sizes or the brand? The brand said said hashtag Gretsch guys. Yeah, whatever. You'll be all right. No, no, sure. No. R- Richie said uh, they don't name them so much, uh, just number them. Rainy seasons, rainy season just started a few weeks ago, so this is number one. But they usually get in, into the twenties or so. Dang, this one's coming to me, but usually they just cone to the West Islands like Nagasaki. Yeah, well, hopefully you know you won't have to deal with too much. We got BB Photo. Good day, gents. Was driving, so checking in late. I'm using the Regal Tip Chester Thompson One A's for most of my jazz. Playing in gigs. Chester Thompson, amazing drummer, Phil Collins drummer. And I have to admit, even though I don't use standard models for Regal Tip, anything I have that's in a jazz size or a really thin size, I love Regal Tip. That's a great stick. Those ones that you have are amazing. With and the nylon. Tip. Yeah, it's that vented nylon tip. Yeah, that's a, that's a neat tip, which is supposed to be, um, if, if you haven't seen them, it looks like a typical nylon tip that's been slotted. And it, I think it's supposed to be a hybrid mesh between... A, a, a nylon tip and a wood tip, but obviously you're getting longer tip life because they're plastic. But you're right. It's it's a neat sound. And I just, 
Regal Tip has always made a really high quality stick. Oh yeah. So I don't use them on the standard, but if you want to check out a good quality stick, that is another brand that is very viable in addition to Vic Firth and Promark and all the others. Richie says they usually are not a big deal. The problem they bring are landslides. Gotcha. And there's there it is. Well, hopefully you are not on a hill or anywhere near a place that you could have to deal with that. And then we got BB Photo. The CT1As are 17 inches long. That's a long stick. Dude, I just got I just got a 16 and a half, and I'm fi- even though I love those Calvin Rogers, 16 and a half feels long, so I can only imagine a 17. Oh, God, that half an inch makes a big difference. It really does. Uh, let's see. We got Richie uh, Regal Tip Gloss is great. We got David Bygum saying, what's up, y'all? Hope all is well today. What's up, my man? David. We got Frank. Although I've played other brands over the years, I've been a Gretsch guy since I picked up a used run badge in the mid-'80s. I also picked up a few pair of the coated sticks, and I've been enjoying them. Whatever floats your goat, I just can't do it. It's got to be gotta be raw. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm a, but that's why they make 700 million different versions, because everybody obviously prefers something different. So I'm sure there were people that will totally disagree with us. They only yeah. want to play the painted stick, you know, so, um, but just giving you options for if you're like us and you don't necessarily go that route. And BB says, I have a few of those regal tip hybrid non steps that work well. And that's it. We're cut up. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, we got through our housekeeping a little quicker, Mr. Derek. I hope that was up to snuff for you that we, Got through that a little quicker than normal. Um, we've gotten all of our sticker stuff out of the way. We've got our ads out of the way. Oh, yeah. I'll go back to that one one more time. Um, for everybody, when you do receive your legacy member stickers, we would be very excited if you would tag us. Put them on your drum. Don't put them on your drum. Put them on a case. Put them on your wall. Put them on your dog. I don't care. Just take a picture and hit both Jared and myself on Instagram right there below bearded drums at gmail.com is both of our handles. If you don't have Instagram, you can just send it to the bearded drums Gmail, but go ahead and take a picture with yourself in the shot, whatever. And just so we can share everybody getting their legacy stickers in. Um, all right. Now moving into the viewer stuff for the day and we have, some good stuff for you. Uh, see, that's mine. And that's mine. Okay, so here we go. Uh, I'll be doing, so you'll know for the description, I'll be doing Frank first. All right. So go ahead and give the description while I put up the first picture of Frank's. So Frank says, greetings from New Jersey, sending some random pictures, which might be of interest. My first few pictures of an old chrome over steel snare drum I bought 10 years ago at a flea market that ended up in the bottom of a closet. This was my first COVID project. I decided to spray the snare with white Plasti Dip. After I got tired of the drum, I peeled off the Plasti Dip and refinished it with alcohol ink. You needed another project, so I refinished the shell with black Plasti Dip inside and out. The coating actually took some of the ring uh, and made for a drier sounding drum. I couldn't figure out what to do with it next, so I sold it to avoid any further temptation. Well, and I, I just couldn't... Uh Frank, I couldn't fit be- with everybody's pictures, and that's the only shot of yours I couldn't fit in was when you colored it white. Um, so I have it when you did the black, which I guess is what it is is the most recent version. But I have to say, I was very impressed when I saw the alcohol dip finish. 
that is i've seen them you know they do it with rims on cars a lot they do it with guitar bodies they, they do i think oriolo does it with some of their shells yeah this is the first time i've ever seen somebody do it custom and i think the alcohol finish turned out super cool looking almost looks like the inside of an oyster shell i love the yeah they love the marbling the pearlescent kind of vibe you got on that that's dope yeah that really is and and it's it's such a neat thing to watch them do when they dip the whatever the object is down into the water. I think that came out super cool looking. Like that that would have been a keeper for me on the finish side. I mean, I guess he's saying that now he's gone back over it with black again. So that's what it finally ended up looking like. I didn't have the white version, and then this was the alcohol dip, which I think particularly looked good did he have any more in the description for the other two shots i had yeah okay. and then he goes uh, the next two pictures of an old mapex kit that i got for free from a local site someone on a facebook page told me it's from the q series which was an entry-level kit i found some silver sparkle contact paper and recovered it i picked up some wuhan symbols and the drums now belong to my youngest son who lives down in maryland yeah that came out really good with the uh i'm a big fan of sparkles anyway but to take that and go to that i mean obviously over flat black that's a great improvement finish wise oh yeah and it looks like you did a clean job so that was another you know you know small project might have not been quick but you don't have a lot invested and then you come out with something looking good like that you know so you between that the kit and that killer snare it seems like you've had a nice little productive session going on here you know fairly recently um, so very good entries from Frank this week, and thank you for sharing them with us. Any more? I'm sorry. Yeah, and then that last picture is a set of 11-inch Saluda hi-hats. Oh, I, where did that go? I thought I had... I swear I put those hi-hats in here. I'm, again, that might be what it is. I might not have had... Um, no space? Any space, because I ran out of slots. I only have 21 or 20 slots. Um, but I'll tell you what, let me... Um, We'll go. Um, I'll let you go on to the next one, and I'll delete one of these old slots and put those up. So that is Frank's refinished snare drum, and then the shells. I'll get the salute symbols here in a second, and, and then, then and I'll read that uh, last bit whenever you have that photo pulled up. Okay, here uh, now we'll be going to Mark. This is Mark's entry for the week. Okay, I believe this is yes. Um, not going to read that part off, uh, cause that's not for you nerds. Um, loved your show last night. Wasn't able to chime in though. Here is a kit I may or may not have sent you. My 1966 Tama built star. I really dig those MIJ kits. I came across this one local on Craigslist for 225. It came as a vintage white and nicely aged to a yellow hue. A nine by 13, uh, 14, 20 by 14 and a 14 by 14 and a matching 14 inch snare. I added a 16 by 16 floor tom and bought some wrap from Jam and Sam's and changed out the hardware to the star kit. Hoshino lugs. When I got the kit, the guy threw in a black and white badge black galaxy snare for nothing. Sweet, very sweet indeed. I came in contact with a guy in Germany who had a website and shows off other folks' star built kits and he had. And he has my kit there on this page as well. This will be my keeper. I've been busy working on three kits, but I'm moving. I am moving slow on them at the moment. One is going to be a little crazy: a 16 by 12 by 16 bass drum, 16 16 floor, and a 14 by 6 snare. 
That's it, wrapping it in holographic purple fabric. I am plugging some holes and painting the insides. Not as fancy as some folks send you, but fun nonetheless. I have some other things with the wife we are working on for next weekend. We designed sea glass jewelry, and that's been our side hustle. We'll keep up the good work. Tell Jada said hello. Talk to you later. Well, number it. one, love the finish. Um, it's got a slight yellow to it, which I like. That it's not like you know pure clean white marine pearl. I like the I. I mean, being that it's a little a little vintage kit. I like the setup on the time mount, even though typically I don't like the offset banana rail, but it looks like it lines up pretty good, actually. Um, I think the whole thing came out really nice. Did he say how much he had into it? Uh, he just said that he uh, got it. He bought it for two twenty five. dollars Okay. Yeah, a good little setup. And, of course, he's got the uh, bass drum cymbal mount, which, especially for a vintage kit, is kind of a must-have. Um, so that sounds like it's a, a, a nice little setup altogether. Brand new heads on everything, so I know you're raring to go with it. That's sweet. I remember watching a uh, vintage drum video. Um, some German dude goes over a bunch of kits, and I believe he has a star kit um, for the uh, early MIJ period for yeah. that video. That sounds killer. Which, uh, again, means it's probably a Hoshino. Um, so you're basically in Tama land, which is a good land to be in. Um, I've had a Majestic. I've seen, what was that other weird brand? Um, there was another brand that I've seen around here locally um, that are, they're basically all in that vein of the vintage uh, MIJ, which in most cases is a Hoshino or a Tama kit. Um, and I always had really good sounds that I love that Filipino mahogany or Luan. It's a, it's a good, beefy, low sound, so I would imagine that's going to be a nice little keeper for you. I hope that you keep this one. And like I said, you're all headed up and ready to go, so that's going to be a... Uh, oh, wrong person. That's going to be a, a good little setup. And you got a super kick on there, son. No, the kick sounds good. I have a super kick on that busted-up uh, CB700 yeah. I got for free. That bass drum thumps with a super kick. Yeah, I and mean, that, you cannot go wrong. No, it's foolproof. It, it's... I think it's even more foolproof than the EMAT, honestly. Yeah, um, I just don't... Pref it's a little too fuzzy and muffled for me. I, you get a little more a clear attack with an EMAT for me because on the Superkick, it's literally felt like, if you don't know, glued to the inside of the head. So it's literally contact and felt has a more dense kind of muffling. I like... Just a little bit less with the EMAB because that ring just sits against the head. It's not necessarily glued to it. Um, so I obviously both are a no-brainer. You can put both on anything and it will sound good. If you want a little more attack, obviously go with the two-ply version. If you want a little bit more of an open sound and kind of meet in the middle, you get an EMAD one or a super kick one. But either of them are, you know, if you're not good with tuning number one and if you're not good with tuning a bass drum, Grab a super kick or an EMAD, and it'll make your life so easy. Every kick drum I've ever heard with either of them on there sound great. And to be honest with you, that's what most people I know use. Yeah. Most people are not brave enough to go with a power stroke or just like a uh, an Evans would be like a G2 clear or whatever their, you know, whether their two-ply bass drum head is. I've always used EMADs. They go right on. It coincidentally is 
the sound I like. So it's a it's a it's a no brainer for me. But that's that's two really easy ways to go. And you know better than I do. What's the equivalency in a Remo? A Power Stroke three, but with the dampening on it. Oh, well, the on it that's going to be a. Oh my God, I'm blanking. Um, it's it's it comes in a P3, but it's uh it's can controlled something. Yeah. Oh, so I need Charlie because I'm blank. I can see it right now. I had I had one on that uh, on that broadcaster, that big giant twenty four. If anybody knows in the chat off the bat what the name is of a, basically an EMAD and Remo, let us know. Uh, just so everybody out there watching, if they if they're not aware, they will have uh, an idea of what to go look for. Now I know their newest thing they've been doing is that muffle system where yeah. they you take the head, whatever head you want, you put it on, and then you attach the the muffle ring system on top of it. Yeah. And then you can add your inserts and take away. Yeah. Um, up, it's in, it's in quarters. No, I think it's in eighths. That you can go through and add to dial in exact how much you want around the hole. Yeah. So everybody does offer something that takes a little bit of the guesswork out of bass drum tuning. Uh, a little bit different with snares and toms, but they do make the bass drum stuff fairly easy. Um, so anyway, uh, moving back. Now we're going to move on to, thank you again, Mark and Frank, for your entries this week. Now it's time to move on to the bespoke drummer himself, Mr. Joshua Breslow, who seems to top himself every freaking week. And he's done it again, ladies and gentlemen. So as Jared reads out the description, here is Josh's entry for the week. He goes, hello, friends. This week I'm sharing the Drifting Kit. This kit was inspired by my band, The Watchbirds, second studio item titled Drifting. The nautical colors and patterns were inspired by artwork created for the album art. Uh... This is not... You gave me the wrong one, Stephen. Did I? Yeah, this is the old one. This one you did last week. I was like, I already read this. Ah, my this bad. Is, this is the leather kit I saw on his Instagram. Let me get to the email, and I will send you the right one. That is my bad, guys. Bearded drums. Oh, Mark just sent us... Oh, wow, Mark. I am... Uh, let me pull this off the thing. I just got your email, Mark, and that is that metallic purple. That's a cool-looking... <laughs> Don't shortchange yourself when you said you're not sending in as cool of stuff as everybody else because you definitely are. So, yes, I just got your email. There is the proper description for the kit. So I'll go back to the photo as Jarrett lets you know what we're doing here. There we go. All right. He says, hello, friends. This week I'm sharing the embossed leather kit. All the drums and the bass drum head are an embossed leather material I purchased locally in Wisconsin. <laughs> this is the first time I've used this sort of fabric, but I really enjoyed working with this material. It added a nice warm muffled sound that really worked for the specific sound I was going for. I used this set to record my good friend Dan Krill's solo album, Ill Spirits. The second oh sorry, the set recorded beautifully. I also created my own custom floor tom muffle ring to match the bass head. I did this using the fabric I purchased and an old drum head drum sizes. For the bass drum, a 9x22, rack tom is an 8x12, and floor is a 10x16. Thanks as always, Josh. As usual, you come out with a beautiful looking setup. We've got a nice like front view, and I love the pattern that you put on the bass drum. That is kind of in the same vein, but it's a contrasting color. And of course, your logo at the top of the bass drum. The whole thing looks really nice, and then we get to the closer shot of the uh, embossed leather wrap that he used. And that came out like 
really not like nice. I mean, I, I obviously I, Josh knows what he's doing, but it came out nice and flat. There's no like where I would I would imagine leather or that kind of leather ish feeling material might fight you a little bit when wrapping. Everything looks like it came out super flat and super clean. And this was what I was super impressed with when he rewrapped. This looks like the bass drum. He was hyper intelligent enough to put that seam right under the lug which i'm sure he did a good job of wrapping it but that secures just for people that don't know that is where you want to put that final seam so it is secured under something that has bolts tightening it down in case it ever did try to walk away from the spot you had glued it in so major props i know that's kind of a something Jarrett would notice you know really close would be that making sure to tuck that final crease underneath a lug and uh i remember hugh was saying like that's how you know someone's been doing this for a while or they just started where they put the seam at and anytime that i was because at one point i was about to pull a trigger a couple years ago in a pinks rewrap sparkle uh uh gretch round badge yeah remember that and Hugh looked at it and he had brenda pull the photos up he's like don't get it i go why he goes he didn't do the seams right on the bass drum i go what and then he's like pull it up right now on your computer and I did, and then where, because it has the the telescopic, uh, they go inside the bass drum. You see where the, the holes mount at. The seam is right outside of it, and between that and lugs, he's like, wouldn't get it because that'll lift in a year. Yep. So again, Josh, you get the drum super nerd of approval because you knew the secret on the left hand side of the screen of tucking that underneath a lug. So again. The whole thing came out looking really good. Uh, I like the uh, the contrasting but similar colors. The light brown on the hoops, the dark brown on the shell, and then the kind of that, you know, lighter on the bass drum, but still has that bl- uh, that brown outlining kind of looking on the uh, on the bass drum pattern. I really like the uh, the kind of rusted patinaed uh, vent hole on the top of the kick. Oh drum. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I'll go back to that right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the overall kept even to the minor details. Kind of kept the overall theme all kind of yeah, no, nice and tight. Josh is all about the minor details, and then of course, right here at the end, there's our good buddy himself sitting behind the kit, Mr. Josh Breslow, with a really cool looking snare drum. That that's a I love those crazy old '60s finishes that are kind of like in the psychedelic range. That's a cool. Uh, that's a cool finish, and the kit looks great. I can't remember what that finish is called. Uh, some trippy. It's, 60s it's got some. Name. Yes, it's got some weird name. I know that uh, Rogers was real big for having. Yeah, yeah. Um, onyx is that what it's called? Like yes, a blue yeah, yeah. onyx, red onyx. Yeah. I guess that would be black and white onyx or white onyx. Yep. So love the snare drum. Of course, there is our good buddy Josh himself with what turned out to be another good kit. Um, from one of his builds so that is all let me make sure i think that's all of our um yes that is all of the entries for the week now i can get out of there and get back to the regular um so as usual thank everybody for sending their stuff in we absolutely love to see projects that you're working on projects that you're not working on a new drum you got or if you're just super proud of your kit Show that stuff off. Send it to us here. 
um, at Bearded Drums. We will feature your photos here on the show. You can send in a short video. Let's keep it to 30 seconds. And otherwise, send the photos in to Bearded Drums at, I'll put it up, beardeddrums at gmail.com. Um, and make sure they're always shot side by side or sideways. You know, sh- shoot it in landscape. Don't shoot it in vertical because that's what the computer likes. And again, if you're going to be sent, uh, tagging when you get your legacy stickers in, if you're going to tag myself or Jarrett on Instagram, there are our handles. And again, when you get your sticker in, if you don't have Instagram, just send it to beardeddrums at gmail.com. So again, to all the guys who sent in stuff this week, thank you so much. And again, even though I don't have the proper list, thank you to all the legacy members that hang out with us every week. Y'all are great in the chat. Y'all make the show what it is. Y'all are the guys that send in the stuff for us to look at because obviously Jarrett and I aren't always getting new pieces of gear. So this is just a big drummer hang and y'all make it what it is. So thank you again to all the legacy members. And I will this week be getting that stuff mailed out. So everybody will be getting their stuff soon. You included Richie because it's obviously not going to be as expensive as I thought it was going to be. Um, I guess before we move into the main topic, do you got any comments to clean up? Yeah, I got a couple. We got um, BB continues slightly softer attack compared to the full nylon tips about the vented ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Dakamomo says, I want that done on a base, the uh, the alcohol ink bit. That would be dope. I've seen a lot of really cool guitars get that dip. They'll do it with the body. And they, ha- I mean, it's just like, obviously it started years ago with the rims, which I get. Um, because it's metal, it adheres real easy, and they just do the dip, and then you started seeing guitar bodies, and I'm sure they do it with bass bodies, and then, I, like I said, I want to say it's Ariolo Drums that does that on brass and whatever, you know, whatever, doesn't matter what the shell is, but on their metal shares, I want to say that they do that alcohol dip process. And Frank said it's actually still under the black plastic dip. <laughs> nice. You could just, or that the person that has it now could just peel it off. Uh, BB says, nice abalone effect. That's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, abalone, exactly. Yep. That was a, a really good job. Like I said, I think it came out really pretty. You oh, yeah. you ought to um you ought to take that a step further and you know look around on eBay, see if you can find like a nice you know because a lot of times you can find cheap vintage Ludwig and or Gretsch or Premier. Like somebody will have a, a brass snare drum that's just the shell, maybe no rims, or you need to find a throw off for it. You could probably pick up a really high quality possibly vintage metal shell uh for a good price and then dip it put some rims on it and then you would have a killer looking nice vintage snare i think i definitely think you should take that a step further because you did such a good job on that one i would experiment with doing that because that's probably going to become a more popular thing being that alcohol dipping is more popular in general and that some companies like Ariolo are doing that i think i think you could possibly be onto something oh yeah and then we got BB saying, love the vintage Marine Pearl Tama classic kit. Picked up a seven piece, including snare transparent walnut Mapex armory kit for 20% from uh, Casio slash interstate music. Casio, yeah, Casio interstate. Um, a few years back for the rehearsal space, really impressed with armories. Uh, and then he says, don't put a beater patch on the super kicks. I'll have to disagree. If you're gonna put, you're gonna have to put a thin one if you have a heavy foot. Uh, I tend to somehow bust bass drum heads more than anything. I don't know how or why. I'm always afraid. I'm. I know I'm not going to because my he- my foot's not that heavy, and the bass drum beaters that I really am a big fan of, 
The Tama beater is really good about not breaking heads because you can actually angle it up to the, the head. And then my Pearl Eliminator, uh, Pearl Eliminator bass drum pedal, it has such a big chunk of felt on the front, I feel safe with that. But being that I am OCD, I'm always afraid of like right in the middle of a show, puncturing a bass drum head. So I put those Remo Fallon patches, which is basically Kevlar, on everything. Um, I can't remember if I ever did it when I did use uh, super kicks, but just me personally, out of fear, I put them on everything and just have gotten used to the way it's going to sound a little different. Cause it's going to change the sound, make it slightly more attacky when you put one of those patches on there. But I've got the patch that you put on the, the midtown, yeah. um, has been on there ever since. And I don't fear for that kit with that on there. And then all of my, or not all of them, the pearl kit has the Fallon patch on there, which I know the Fallon patch is not going to give way. So, um, again, that's kind of how you feel about bass drums. Personally, just out of fear, because I'm, it's always like high mileage and pop gigs, I'm afraid I'm going to break something. So for me, the Fallon patch all day long to kind of give it that peace of mind. Yeah, I busted too many EMADs. Um, I guess I don't know how. And a lot of my felt beaters are all kind of small. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that one I got from you with the, the wood shaft, the, the yeah, yeah. one. I got part of that side rubbed down now. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, even like even if I have to go and like move my big woolly felt one around because I've played it so much. No, I've done I, that. I've gotten down to the wool's torn down on like not well. There's no sides on a sphere, but uh, a good section of one yeah. portion is like raw. Then I chain it. That one's raw. Is a little piece holding those two together, and then I have to just keep turning around. We're talking about the Vic, uh, the Vader puffy ball beater the vintage beater i've had two of those and i had to stop using one because i had worn one side down to the cork ball and then i had to remember after that with the one i had later on that you just have to be light with those don't grab those thinking you're going to play at the same volume a pop player with a full felt pedal is going to be doing like those are meant for a lighter feel for a boomier feel don't bury that beater for sure i've had to make sure when I do use that, like with the Ludwig to take a little more care in my thoughts, like don't now don't bury it and don't smack it around. Yeah. It's not made for that, but still a highly useful beater and a great sound that you can get. You know. I keep one in my gig bag cause you never know. Oh yeah. Oh, is, yeah. Is, is it too loud? Throw your symbol bag in front of the rezo head, put that bad boy on mm-hmm. pretty. That's the best pretty, you can do with a good shape. Yep. Um, we got, I lost track of everything again. Uh, Mark says, yeah, I have the Remo 16-inch and 18-inch outer multiple ring kit to put on any head you want. Uh, BB Photo says, love the tooled leather kit. Wonder how the the sustain is on it. Dakota says, dude, that leather kit. Josh, you are getting high praise in the comment section today. And to answer BB's question, didn't Josh say that the leather toned down the shelves yeah. just, yeah. So he did get a slight bit of dampening, but I think he said that was like perfect for what he was going for with that, with that setting. Like that, that kit has a certain vibe to it for sure. Yeah. Probably sound wise. And also you are getting for sure. high praise today, Mr. Breslow. Um, BB says, just be careful on the metal snare shells that they haven't, uh, been bent or in perfect round, it can tweak the folded bearing edges, and it's really hard to get back to being consistent and even. Yeah, for sure. I've seen some bad, bad uh, condition metal shells, and there's, I mean, there. To be honest with you, when it gets past a certain point, there's really nothing you can do because there's hardly anybody you can take it to that's going to know how to 
bend that shell back round or be able to hammer into it and not mess like that's you gotta get that round jig on the inside and then just be super careful and especially with like uh, old ludwigs and that have the crimped snare beds like if that gets messed up you're done you're really done it's an art piece at that. At least you can fix a wooden shell you can sand and we've had to fix that you know the line in healy we sanded and filled the slots in with glue and i i still toot our horns on that repair job because you saw it um shortly after but i saw it when i was actually getting it all put together like it is like rock hard wood hard like we did a beautiful job fixing that so yeah wood shells a little bit easier to deal with a metal shell you get messed up and there's really not much you can do um frank says i'm a member of a facebook page called drum resto mod that's where i first saw the alcohol ink a guy made a great video about three acrylites he redid it's on youtube i remember seeing that came out someone i sent you forever ago yes yes loved it yeah well you did a good job and lived up to that reputation on that snare for sure uh the ink comes in a small dropper bottle first you wet the shell with regular rubbing alcohol then you put drops in the shell and it spreads and creates patterns uh when done clear coated nice and then uh, BB Photo says, cool, thanks for Josh's comment. Awesome. That's what we're here for, BB. We're here to spread the love. Spread the love and the misinformation. And we're caught up. That's Sweet. It. Um, well, again, thank you, everybody, for the entries this week. If I can get my stupid headphone cable to get off me. All right. Um, so, yeah. Now on to the main part of the discussion for the week. Jarrett and I kind of talked about it before the show, and it is aptly titled Because of What Happened to Me This Week. So we are going to go over, discuss, and share all of the things that we do to try to prevent what happened to me on Tuesday. Drummer's emergency kits, back up this, sticking this in there, hiding this over here, putting patches on your bass drum. So... First off, as we get into the part where Jarrett and I are going to be flapping our mouths, in the comments section, let us know what you do. Do you carry a drummer's emergency kit? Do you even know what that is? Do you carry extra sticks? Do you carry an extra beater? Let us know what you do down in the comments section to kind of prevent getting to a gig and being screwed by not having something or if something breaks. Let us know and we'll share that so you know everybody can get the helpful tips that Jarrett and I can't think of. Jarrett? What do you do to try to prevent dumb ass things like I did on Tuesday? So I have a couple silly things I do. Um, I have stew, uh, stew. I have two stick bags. Um, I have one that goes in my uh, hardware bag, and then I have one that I keep in my truck underneath my bench seat in the back. Nice. So if anything happens, I know I have a whole backup set that has brushes, rods, and sticks. So no matter what it is, if someone's like, hey, can you come sit in and play jazz real quick? Yeah, I got I got everything I need. Um, and I generally keep like a pair of like jazz sticks, something for like rock or pop, and then everything else. And that's to cover the, uh, the stick situation. Unlike Steven over here who took his sticks out of his bag, I always try to keep those two stick bags and even go a couple steps further. I will put a pair of sticks in my cymbal bag, which is weird as that sounds. Um, I'll have like a loose uh, pair that kind of floats in there if I don't have a lot of cymbals in it. And then I also have uh, my gig bag, and I got from Steven a while back the uh, the Groove Quiver, the small one, because I 
bought the uh, one of those Groove backpacks. And so I also have another stick bag that's inside of that. So in th- in theory, I have three stick bags on me whenever I go play and go to a gig. I got one in the car, one in the hardware bag, and then one in my gig bag. So I have – and it's overkill, but you never know. Um, and I – because my gig bag has more besides just sticks in it. My uh, It is not overkill. <laughs> so – so that's so that's from like the uh, the stick situation. So I have a so this I have the, the bag in my hardware bag, bag in the truck, and then the extra one that's in my gig bag. Now, well, my, and that's like I said, there's I don't think there is overkill. I, I learned it years ago from being OCD about this stuff, but I learned it even more fifteen years down the road on Tuesday. Um, before we go any further, uh, the if you were interested in those Steve Gadd sticks, the natural finish, that is model number SSG2. I'm assuming that is Signature Steve Gadd 2. Um, so you can find those. That's what you want to look up if you want to find those sticks online. Um, but myself, it's kind of the same thing. I have my stick bag, which I've done a review video on. It's the Mono stick bag. It's gr- I, Mono is a great brand. Everything I've ever picked up from them, I've never used their ba- their drum bags. Um, but I have the cymbal bag and I have the stick bag. Absolutely love it. It holds up really well. And, of course, I have all the typical things that you would have in there. But maybe, unlike a lot of people, I don't know if you do this, I keep my bass drum beater, I keep my hi-hat clutch, and I keep, obviously, a drum key. So that's kind of what threw me off number one when I got to the gig is I didn't have these three things you know, that are normally kept in my bag. And then, like I said, like an idiot, for the longest time, this little Vic Firth, like, marching sleeve had sticks in it, and I kept it in my book bag. That was my backup to backup to backup. And I don't know why I was dumb enough thinking I was over this or better than (laughs) having to prepare for this eventuality. Um, But, it, like I said, as soon as I got home... I grabbed, I mean, the MS1 stay in there because those are my practice sticks. But I grabbed two pair of the Zildjian Vinnie Cayuta, which I just happen to have. Those are just good, like, medium weight sticks. And then for something small, I grabbed the Peter Erskine ride stick. So I have three pairs of sticks, two medium pairs, and then the the, the Erskines that I, I keep in my book bag because my girlfriend Rachel can tell you, anybody that knows me, if I'm not even playing drums, like if I come over to her house or wherever, my book bag is with me. So these will forever now stay in the book bag. So I'm with Jarrett. You need to have two different hidey holes for your sticks. Like yeah. your stick bag and then a hidey hole of sticks somewhere else. And if you want to be cheeky about it, a third hidey hole with a pair of sticks or something to back up the back up the back up, you know? So I'm with you on that. At least two sets of sticks to where you don't get caught. Like I did. Um, now keep going. And then, so in one stick bag, I have a drum key, a clutch and a just standard bass drum beater, uh, that I got from, I think Pat years ago that I never used. It's one of those Gibraltar ones with the head pivots. Mm hmm. Um, so that stays in one bag, and then in my gig bag, in part of my emergency kit, I have, no, this is the overkill part, I have a regular um, double-sided beater, Yeah. I have a wood beater, Okay. and I have the big fluff. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, I have three. But, I, know, but I'm with you. Yeah, so you know, and that gig bag goes with everyone, because they never know what's going to happen, so I have those three, um, and that covers the beater side, and then I also have a clutch that's in there. 
I have extra wing nuts for cymbals. I have extra sleeves for cymbal stands. I have extra cord for snare wires. I have um, a variety of different screws, yeah. uh, tension rods. I have a whole extra chain linkage, uh, sorry, spring linkage set up for my uh, DW pedals. So, so basically a whole emergency kit, yeah, like which it, I'm, I'm only cutting you off because I have one here and I'll yeah. go through, um, you know, which is if you don't use one of these use one because there's been so many times this is typically with house kits you'll see this golden nugget lake charles when golden nugget here had that yamaha stage custom uh uh ip casino with that yamaha and the kit and um the worst one which is the key west kit because it sits outside and has sat outside in the humid salty key west air for probably 10 years now like you try to loosen something to adjust something if you can even get the screw to turn and then try to get like break the salt barrier to get something to crack and move like there's been so many times a tension rod or a, a, a symbol felt is needed like those are so important so what we're talking about is a drummer's emergency kit if you don't i'm sure most of you do know y'all are all pros up in here but if you don't know number one go out and get yourself some kind of little bag Make sure that it's tough because I did learn that lesson. I put them in a cheap little something that I had here with like a crappy zipper. And after a year or two of being in my backpack, it popped open and get yourself a good little bag. Spend the money. And so I just go through mine, which is going to be basically the same as what Jarrett had. Um, first things first, extra bass drum beater. Got to. And this is because Tuesday proved it. My bass drum beater is in my stick bag. I didn't have my stick bag. Had I not had this in my book bag, I would have been scarred. And this is the only other one I have. I keep another set of stuff in the hardware bag, but there's no room for a beater. So there's all there's a, there's another version of everything you're about to see now that is kept in my hardware bag. It's basically doubled up on everything that's in here. Um, I think I know. Yeah, Jarrett doesn't necessarily like these. But these are super helpful. I don't use them on the regular. This is the Aquarian. I don't know what it's actually called. Uh, let me get a little tiny camera up here. That is the Aquarian like spring. It's called the sp sp spring. Some, some spring something. It's it's the it's the symbol topper, and it is spring loaded, and it has this really nice rubber kind of washer system on it. And the reason I would highly suggest this. Even though I don't use them. I don't put these on my cymbals. Um, and they come in different, like, strengths. I think the red is the medium one, and they have one that the spring's even tougher. Um, I have gotten two gigs where the entire part of the cymbal topper is gone. Like, there's no bottom washer or the bottom black washer part. There's no... Um, the little thing with the liner that goes up inside of the symbol, the plastic yeah. up cup, there's no felts, there's no, and I don't want to grab all of that stuff or if I'm in a rush out of here. So it's very easy just to take this little thing, put it on top, screw it down. And then you've, and you've got the added benefit of it's going to give a little bit with the spring. These are like 10 or 15 bucks. I would say, even if you don't use these on the regular, this is really handy in a pinch, especially if you're on a time crunch and you've got to like, Oh shit. I got to get this up there and clamp down. These little aquarium symbol springs are super useful. So, because I am the opposite, I have uh, like the cup washer. No, I do, I do. Yeah, okay, this is like I said, this is more of like 
you get there and like you're in a rush to get set up and you're, you're like, oh shit, the stupid stand that the house provided has nothing on it as opposed to digging everything out. But this is just put it on there and tighten down. This is just like a really good in a pinch use. And, um, or if you're worried about, excuse me, I got to sneeze. If you're worried about like last night would have been a perfect, I didn't, I didn't even think about using this for that purpose. Last night I was, or last Tuesday night I was using those big ass MS ones to play with, and I was really worried about breaking a symbol. I was definitely afraid I was going to break my main crash. I really should have grabbed this because it would have given it even more give when I was striking it. So if you're a hard hitter and you're worried about something like that as well, these Aquarian symbol springs are really good for that. So, bass drum beater, symbol topper, which is just an easy change out, and then in this bag I have. Good Lord, everything you could frickin' think of. Hi-hat felts, regular size felts. Same. The black plastic washer on the bottom with the sleeve that goes up. I am a Pearl Eliminator player, so I keep some of the Pearl cam inserts for the bass drum pedal, just in case something happens. I keep those in there. And then I have a little brown paper bag in here that literally has, like, the super tiny washer for the tension rod the medium size washer, the big washer, um, regular symbol sleeves, both sizes of the uh, wing nut, symbol spring, top symbol, or uh, symbol spring, bass drum beater, or bass drum pedal spring, the top assembly for the eliminator. Everything I could freaking think of is in here. So if something were to break, I could fix just about anything short of, you know, like a weird bolt that's not... You know, standard. Because yeah, because uh, I'm trying to think. So I have I have the cord. I have anything. Yeah, for, snare cord is. I have anything here? for the symbol stand. I. I'm gonna open it up. I did cannibalize. I think one or two of my old stands that I wasn't using, and so I have um the the wing nuts that have the or the wing screws that has the male part. So if something does happen, I have like a backup of that. If I have anything that's like that, um, and then I have in another bag or I have since I have the the club bag I have the bento boxes I use so I have all the emergency stuff in one bento box and then the other one is all like um, situational so I have an, uh, one of those tackle instrument supply uh, sizzle Sizzlers, chains yeah. I got two things in moon jail yeah, yeah. Um, just in case uh, and there's some I got a couple of like bits and bobs no no that's where all my bass drum uh, beaters are at it's in that same bag yeah um, and then that's all of my, like part of my lower end emergency kit. That's like on the, that quick access spot. Yeah. Um, and then in my main compartment, I have, I'm the cable guy. So I don't trust any of my bandmates. Oh, so, well that, that's a whole nother yeah. b- briefcase box. Let yeah. me, let me say this one before we yeah. get to that one. So another good one that I would suggest everybody do, let me put the camera on me is go, if you have an extra one, a bit driver or a socket, take a socket and wrap it in gaff tape. This is obviously so you don't have to carry around a roll of gaff tape, but you have a mini roll of gaff tape right there. So that's come in handy a lot. And then like Jarrett said, felts with the bottom little washer and sleeve. Now, cool thing with your uh, with those uh, gray felt, if you've never looked at them, um, if you 
are needing a top one or an extra one, you can always just peel them in half. Yeah. I've done that, and that way you have two instead of one. Yep, rip them in half. Um, I, almost, I totally forgot. I have the... Uh, I carry multiple multi-tools. Um, yeah. Besides, besides my Leatherman that's on me, and then I have the the double clip with all the other stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I also have the Gibraltar drum multi, multi-tool yeah, yeah, yeah. that's in my bag as well. So I have two of those. Yeah, I you're going to need some kind of tool. Yeah, so I have the one that has the... It's an extra drum key with the... Different Alex wrench sizes and screwdrivers and all that jazz, and I have my actual Leatherman that I keep on me. So, really, what you should do is go through your setup and any possible piece you could think of that is extra that you can afford to take off or go buy something of, stick those in there. These have saved me more times than not. And then, like I said, this is the one that stays in my backpack. There is a whole nother one of these that goes just in my hardware bag that has a duplicate of everything else. So I won't get caught, you know, if something literally breaks. These are invaluable. You will save yourself so much of a headache by going out. What else is in here? Oh, I think it's a bass drum beater patch. Um, Anything you can think of that you can throw in there do it because you will get caught in the same situation as my dumbass did and you will have to you know you're the another drum key and snare cord you will have to fix it yourself nobody's going to care and they're not going to be able to do anything because nobody's going to carry extra drum parts if you have not done it or have been thinking about doing it go make yourself do it while we're talking because most of you are probably sitting near your drums or anywhere around that area you can be doing it while we're all having this discussion right now and throw it in your backpack, throw it in your hardware bag, throw it in your symbol bag, whatever. Just make sure you have something because it will happen one day and you will be glad that you have the backups that you have. And now I go the extra mileage. Uh, like I was saying, um, I'm also the cord guy, so I keep a couple extra XLRs in my bag. I carry a couple of... Uh, Quarter inch cables for like amps and stuff. Um, Taylor runs a pedal board. I don't keep the small ones, that's on him, but I do have some longer ones that I throw in my bag. Um, that's where my uh, bass mic is at, is also in that bag. And now, something I do, it is to me, it is just uh, a little like not a courtesy, but a little like it's the icing on the cake. If I ever get cold and something bad happens, I have. Um, one set of Ernie Ball Slinkies standards for a bass guitar, and I have one pack of uh, wow, slinks you, for guitar. You standard. are taking it to the next level, and, and that is literally worst case scenario. Oh my gosh, my strings keep popping. Well, you are you're, you're you have covered. more forethought than most because most covered. guys wouldn't do that. Yeah, and. Cause like we've seen at the juke joint, um, Matt will be playing, and then his bottom is uh, his high E string pops, or the the random sometimes G one will pop. Um, Dakota has been playing, and he pops the E string, or God forbid the what's at the top, the no on the, the bass, yeah, on the low bass. B, low B for God forsaken reason that one will snap somehow. So I always keep extra strings. Um, just for those two, just for those nerds in my band, and that's it. Um, if I ever get called to gig, something happens. But you have extra strings? No, but like, all right, well, here, but only pull out the one you need. Don't take the whole set. Yeah. Um, well, you do more than most because that's that's some serious forethought. Because I just I do that for the off chance I get called to a gig, something happens, and then I'm like, hey, 
this guy's prepared. No matter how much I might flub the gig or anything, it's like he's looking out for everyone else. I'm not going to have like mouthpieces or like reeds or any of that. I don't, that's, no, that's too much. That's on Nevin and, mm-hmm. uh, and Brandon and them. But I think strings, um, sometimes I'll have a small collection of guitar picks. I'll put in a little baggie and keep, but those normally get used so quick. Uh, and then I have a small little notebook. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, jot notes in or, if we have to change the set list real quick, it's like, all right, we're doing this, 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 and then this. Because um, sometimes Matt forgets what we're playing, even though we've re- been rehearsing it for months. <laughs> um, I write the set list down, but I'll hand him, like, here's your copy of the set list. Yeah. You know, and I'll have, like, the little road map, like, who's doing what and then singing and intro introducing this and all that jazz. Uh, but that's that's the majority of, like, my gig bag slash emergency <laughs> kit is I cover the bass and guitar. I have all the stuff for my pedals and multi-tool. I need extra tension rods for snare drums and toms because they're different lengths. Because some, yeah, because they're you've you've seen it. They're some. Oh they're yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, it's felts for both the hi hat and uh, cymbal stands. Oh, I also go the extra mile. I have an extra uh, metal big washer for the hi hat. Yeah, the stand. bottom hi hat washer. But I have the bottom hi hat washer. Um, an extra clutch. Um, and as, as silly as you may think any of this is, it really does behoove you to go do this. Because if you have never had it happen, that's obviously awesome. But it will happen. I just, I proved the point that, you know, after 20, however many years, and as, and as OCD and anal and I, as I am about keeping this stuff all lined up, it happened to me, you know, just this week. So from Jarrett and I, strongly suggest you go out and make if not one, two <laughs> drummer's emergency kits and make sure that you always, you know, because like he said, what is it? Three is two, 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 two is one is one two is two. Two is one, one is none. Yeah. So think of it like that. And, that you know, I try to really, on a normal basis, other than what happened to me this week, I am. There's been times when the singer has needed an XLR cable because, like, you carry some cables around. I carry a whole Gator hard case probably two drum sets worth of cables and mics and then extra quarter inches and XLRs way more than I need. But there's times when I have to do all of the miking myself or I'm, I'm miking everything and then somebody needs an XLR or a quarter inch carrying all that stuff around and doubling up as much as you can, you know, short of the drum set, the cymbals and your snare, do it as much as you possibly can because it really will save that aggravation. And then you'll feel good because you'll get caught in that situation and somebody else will be like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And you're like, I don't care. I'm, 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 it doesn't matter. I yeah. am prepared. You can break whatever you want, and I'm ready to fix it now. And you'll, you'll take comfort in always knowing. You will have, this is for you, Dakota, you will have your moment in the sun when you know that you are fully prepared for any eventuality that could possibly happen short of something weird breaking that nobody's going to carry around. You know? Yeah. You're not going to carry around an extra snare throw off or a butt plate with you, but short of weird things like that, you're always going to be ready to go. If you go ahead and prep yourself. Yeah. And I don't know if everyone else is, but sometimes I've, I've gotten called to, cause see, unlike, unlike Steven, I do the original music thing. So it's normally like three or four bands. And sometimes you might have a guy that's backlining his kit and it yep. might not be, you know, the most pristine or the, the, the best thing, uh, you know, so it's always good to have those extra bits or 
sometimes I like you've gotten like that Key West gig. Not no, not Key West. Uh, AJ's. All you had to bring was your symbols, you know, and so you'll have all that stuff. So if something does go wrong, yeah, on someone else's kit, you can well, fi- you can fix it, and then because I don't, I'm not gonna leave anything because it's just for someone else to steal. Uh, yeah, because even at the very least, if it's a house kit, I'm still bringing my pedals, my snare drum, my sticks, my cymbals, obviously my clutches. Um, I'll use your shells, um, but I'm never going to leave it up to your bass drum pedal or your throne. No, I've gotten caught with some crap before. So generally, if it's if they're providing the really the only way I think of it is like, OK, well, you're providing the drum set. I'm still bringing snares, pedals, thrones, cymbals cables and all of the extra hard like if i need a splash mount you know i always make sure because like you said you get to some of these house kits and it's just i swear i would smack so many drummers in their face the way they treat some of these house kits it's like you know for example you get on your own kit and you're totally respectable and you know you like to make sure there's no smudge marks and then you get on your buddy's kit and you're still respectable but you know it's not yours, so you're not, like, wiping it down. It's like when they get on house kits, they try to hit as hard as they can and tighten as much as they can on the stage. It's why. like, I don't get it. If you would keep it in good condition, then all of us would be happy, and every time everybody came into this casino or this beach club, there wouldn't be an issue. But these guys over-tighten things. They beat the ever-living snot. I've seen a, a set of, what are they called? Zildjian K-Custom Hybrids with the... Yeah, the, the brilliant uh, and then the lathe on the yeah. outside. Golden Nugget Lake Charles, when they first started years ago, they bought a Mapex Armory kit in black, so it's a nice neutral color, like a, a, a matte black wood finish. Yeah. And they bought a full set, 20, 16, 18, 14 hats of K-Custom Hybrids. That's not the greatest thing they've ever made, but they're not cheap. That's yeah. that's above A-Custom pricing. So that's a good, expensive, what, probably thirteen or $1,400 symbol set? Yeah. Within two months, it looked like you had, to the top hi-hat, it looked like you had taken metal snippers and all the way around the edge to make it look like a sun clipped. It was just like splintered, 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 splintered. And then shortly after that, the ride. You got two crashes. What are you doing to the ride to be chipping the ride? Like, it was done within inside of the first half of a year. That set was gone. So it Jesus. really irks me with touring drummers and guys that play constantly just treat the house stuff like crap when really if you even took a normal amount of respect it would last forever and every drummer will be fine but they find ways to just go in and really disrespect the instrument and it's annoying as shit so don't be that guy if you're on a house kit my general rule of thumb has always been leave it in better condition than you found it yeah you know it's like that one kid you're telling me about uh that's down here. There's no bass drum spurs. Do you remember where? Uh, was it Island View? No, because they have the electronic kit that sucks. I can't think they of it. They have one the one that you have to you have to move it every other symbol hit. There's a casino or someone down here where the, the house kit didn't have. Oh, the, you, had to, yeah. you had to go in the back room and, and, and try to find or salvage uh, spurs of all... For whoever, oh, that, that was they are a huge name in music entertainment slash gambling. Wink, wink. Not going to mention their name. A music gambling related company has a nice Pearl Vision in their music related cafe. Wink, wink. And I got there for a gig one day, and some like we've always been generally 
well-mannered on this show. I think today marks the day where that all goes out the window. So anyway, I get to the gig and this nice midline Pearl Vision kit, some asshole took the spurs like where they, the wing nuts screw them into the shell, took them off the drum. That means the wing nut comes off, the washer comes off, the spur comes off, the spring behind the spur comes off, and then there's two bolts sticking out of the mount. And I'm just like totally bewildered as what was the reason to take both of the bass drum spurs off of the drum set. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what situation would go, oh yeah, take the bass drum spurs off, that'll fix it. Unless someone comes in and they're like, minor effed up i'm gonna steal theirs maybe like, and that and that sucks that, like people just scummy and, and just do something and this like was that. a big name place a music related cafe that everybody plays at around here and is continually rotating with gigs and it was just so aggravating and then you get to the uh casino over in uh hancock county that their electronic kit the bass drum pad is so bad you have to get a floor monitor and set it down right in front of it to get it to stay still so the point of all of this is you never know if you're a heavy gigging drummer or if you're somebody that just plays it once once in a while at a gig you will eventually run into the situation and all the things that we're talking about today will definitely help out um you know speaking of what are they giving as their suggestions and or horror stories from their experiences in the chat yeah, because I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Malone shares because he sent me photos. I'm sure Malone about, and I'm sure Charlie have uh, stories. Because there's one that happened to Mike recently about his snare basket uh, snapping. Ah. He had to put his snare on a stick on top of his snare bag to have the response to still play a wow. jazz gig. He's like, he's like, for three days it was fine. The fourth day of the same run, he's like, done. Don't know what it is. It's one of those DW ones that we have, the 6000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it can happen. So here we go. Got everyone's stuff coming in. We got BB Photo says, always have an extra small stick bag in my car with sticks, mallet brushes, key, symbol felts, and snare wires, and a hi-hat clutch. Smart man. Used to keep an old Speed King pedal as well. Got to have a backup pedal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I could do that. That's just, I play so much, and I just, I, I, I that is a risk I will take. I'm not going to carry another bass drum pedal around, even though it's probably, if I could... If I could get like a, it would be a cool thing if I could find a small to medium size hard case just to put stuff like that in. Yeah. Like maybe another bass drum pedal, maybe a really small stand that would kind of angle in there and just leave that in the car for like the ultimate emergency. Yeah, like like one of those like the, that has the, the clips that come out to the side, like one of those like really easy folding bass pedals. Yeah, one you those, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of those like just cheap ones and then like, Honestly, I could probably do it with all those old Ludwig stands because they're so small and For light. Sure. You just collapse in. So, like, this is, if anything, like... Or crap. at least a splash mount. Yeah. Because if you in a pinch, you could just throw a splash mount on a stand and get it out far enough, a little yeah. boom splash mount. That would be easy. So, yeah, it's probably a good idea to even possibly at least think about a emergency, emergency V2.0 backpack where it's got, <laughs> like, <laughs> the levels of emergency that we're going through, and this is, like, dire straits. That, that'd be, I'd, like, I would be something like you do, like, a Lake Charles run, or you do, like, one of those multi-day runs. Like, well, at least in Lake Charles, literally five minutes down the road, there's a full music shop. Like, oh, with beautiful. a good drum, to, you've, I've done a, I've done a bearded vlog from there. So they actually, obviously, it doesn't help me that night if something happens, but 
we're usually there for four or five days. So I've, I've always been able to know that I can go right down the street and get that. Um, so obviously there's levels of emergency, but yeah. I think you do what we're all talking about today and you'll generally 95% of the time you'll be covered. Then we got Mike says, I keep a set of sticks, brushes, XLR cable, power strip, and power cable in my spare tire compartment uh, with a multi-tool and duct tape just in case. Sometimes when I need it, I forget it's there. I forgot that I also carry a flashlight and a power strip in my gig bag as well. I forgot about those. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up because I'm like trying to go. Like, I think that's everything. It's not. I oh, no. I mean, I can't even go into the depths of my OCD like to – to, to open my backpack up and pull everything out of there, drummer emergency kit aside, there are tools, there are flashlights, there are battery, little battery banks. There's like everything I could ever. I always made my backpack with the end of the world in mind. Not like a bug out bag, but like. I was about to say, we have the bug out bag equivalent for musicians. <laughs> no, I have a bug out bag, but my backpack is almost a bug out bag. It literally has short of like a first aid kit. There's battery options. There's plenty of tools. There's always a pocket knife. There's a drummer emergency kit. There's earbuds, Bose headphones, there's a GoPro, there's an iPad, practice pad, practice sticks. I mean, everything I could think of. And then a hundred little bags in that backpack that have like the cutest little mini flashlight and the cutest little fingernail clipper and like everything I could think of to cover anything life-wise is in that backpack. So I know that's a, that's kind of a stretch, but I don't get caught in a hurricane without being able to run just about everything I want. Yeah. Um, BB says, uh, yep. Always got to have gaffer tape. I got crates, uh, for my photo film, video grip and lighting rental company. Um, and he goes, yes, leather multi-tool as well. I keep the Leatherman micro on my keychain and my emergency kit as a largest clear plastic see-through zippered makeup pouch. Nice. Hey. Yeah. Those are, that's a perfect thing to use. I carry the, uh, the. The Leatherman Skeletal, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> so on today's EDC version of Weird <laughs> Drums, <laughs> we're all going to do a What's in Our Pocket episode. <laughs> hey, my keys, Hey, I do have that Olight flashlight that is a keychain I found on the casino floor. No one that was a good it find. It. Got solid. So that stays on me as well. So And Rachel did a, they do yard sales a lot to raise money for uh, the trapping of the feral cats. Yeah. And uh, people will donate stuff to their uh their yard sales and somebody donated a leatherman and she was like i don't think it's any good you know i'm it, it does she couldn't get it to open she's like i'm not even gonna put it out for sale if you just want to do whatever with it i was like okay so i took it home and got my dremel out with the wire brush and it looks brand new and i have a brand new like the old the regular leatherman the yeah. full size that is one of the most invaluable things I've ever got my hands on. Like that stays in the backpack. My like, granddad still has the one he got way back in the day. Like they're cool and they last forever. Oh God, yes. It's just like Craftsman or Leatherman. That's two brands that if you get it and you buy it, you'll never have to replace it again. No. Same thing with uh, Pearl Hardware, by the way. Buy it once, play it for life, baby. Lifetime warranty. Do that, Gretch. I forgot to have that. <laughs> well, you have fun with your dumb double tom mount stands and all that other tubular. Hey, what about your ugly double tom mount for the Gretch? At least mine's more adjustable than up and down. <laughs> I got mine's got balls. Yours doesn't. <laughs> it's still ugly. Hugh will agree with me. I was at his house the other day, and we both agreed. Two of the no offense to anybody else. Two of the greatest drum makers, Gretch 
and and would and I would kind of you know obviously all drums are great, but for the American side, Gretsch is a great drum maker. For the Asian side, Pearl is typically the leader. Two of the greatest manufacturers of drums ever that have the two single ugliest double tom or single tom mounts you will ever find on a drum. Don't understand what it is. If everybody would just follow Yamaha, we'd all have useful and sleek looking hardware. Like that's 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 I think he agreed with me. Like Yamaha does the best. Their their hardware is rock solid. It's not overly bulky and ball mounts like everything is perfect. And then all these other brands we like and their jackass Tom mounts or that like that Mapex system with the two magnets, magnets having a war like, between each other. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's like your, what, uh, what's your Tom mount using? Oh, I have a part of Mount Vesuvius. Uh, there are two mini t- universes having a battle and that <laughs> that energy keeps the Tom floating. Like, come on. The hatred of Star Trek and Star Wars fans keeps my, yes. toms, keeps my toms floating is what it is. <laughs> That's back to the, I love that meme that was going around because, you know, it's May the 4th be with you. Yeah. And then there was the meme later on that went around was like... <laughs> june 4th be with you and it's like all these star wars fans in the comments it's like it's may it's may the 4th <laughs> and the guy's just like smiling because he trolled every last one of them <laughs> sorry i'm not de- devolving into my nerdery too much you're fine um heather fallon says i love your new eyewear thank you thank you these are the george bush senior edition glasses so if you want to either be on basically natural birth control or want to look like a president from the nineties, you can get these glasses right here. Or if you're going to play the role of a general in some kind of sci-fi or epic war movie, this is the glasses you want to go with. Or I mean, uh, what Rachel and I found out if you want to look like Jeffrey Dahmer, that's basically the look that we're going for. So thank you, Heather. I do appreciate it. I'm not a general, but I do all those. I couldn't think of a joke. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can. <laughs> Mike says, for me personally, I'm never going to carry an extra bass drum pedal, snare, or duplicate things that take space, but I just try to have a creative solution to overcome an issue like a snare stand breaking. God, I, that photo made me so sad. Um, and then he goes, which happened a couple of weeks ago, and I set my snare on top of my floor tom with the snare case over the floor tom to keep the vibration down. It worked in a pinch for a three-hour jazz gig. So what I would like to know is specifically, Mike, where did that snare stand break? I will tell you exactly where it broke because he sent me the photo. So where the like, so on that 6,000, you have like the the tensioner right there that goes across. Yeah. It's that larger piece that goes into that, the tube that has that, um, that set pin that goes across it. Yeah. Yeah. Snapped. Okay. So it's basically the, uh, rivet that holds that, that top section in place popped but it, it didn't pop the whole thing just snapped like oh. like metal tube and all was just that must have been that sounds like a manufacturer defect yeah. that sounds like something and if you've if you have that that same stand i have those aren't that old i would imagine that's probably still under warranty i think he said it for five years i think he said oh well maybe not yeah just remember pearl buy for once and play it for life or whatever it is well once they make actual light <laughs> hardware stands we'll see that they did I wish I'd again. I ran out of picture spots today. Pearl just came out with a 900 series lightweight hardware. I'll have to. I'll pull it for next week's episode. They literally two days ago put it out on Instagram, and it's like the 900 series slash S or something. But it's lightweight, um, 
bass drum pedal stands, snare stand, and a hi-hat stand. And I was thinking about that because although I do love my DW Ultralight hardware set, I highly recommend that. I am a pearl player, and at the end of the day, as long as I may keep, which will probably be forever, I'll keep the DWs. Eventually, I do want to get back to a full, because right now it's a pearl kit, pearl snare, pearl hi-hat, and pearl bass drum, and everything else is DW. So that's really only three stands I'd have to replace. Um, I want to get everything back to pearl, even though I do enjoy the DW. So they are going to make something, and I will actually pull that for next week's show. It's all about the W. Um... Mike goes, I'm never going to carry two snare stands, though, so I better have a creative solution for when that happens. Here's what you do. You just don't use the rack tom mount and then just put your rack tom in a snare basket so if something breaks, you technically have another snare stand. Yeah, because also that's a freak happening. Like they, That's yeah. not going to happen. No. You know, that's really not going to happen. That's, that's, that's a very freak incident. All those dudes in their DW9000s are laughing their pants off. Is that thunder? That's thunder. Wow. Keep them talking while I go look and see what's going on. Yeah. God, I don't want it to rain. I'm tired of rain. It's going to be wet. And your yard is nothing but sand yeah, and mud. Um, BB, photo, oh, wow. BB Photo says, uh, they don't care for moon gel, but do carry some extra of the drum tacks. Usually use them on cymbals. I don't muffle my drums at all. I try to keep it as uh, all natural as possible. I have it there just for the the off chance or offshoot that I have to have something. Um, I like to use internal mufflers for anything if I can, uh, just to take a little bit of the edge off, but I keep them just because. And on the note that he just made, I do want to mention this because Jarrett and I were talking about it. Let me get my headphones on. I bought a cheap set of moon gel knockoffs that I'm actually pretty happy with on Amazon. They were like, let me see the tablet. They're like nine ninety five, and I got. It'll tell me right here in my orders, um, exactly how many. It was like because when like, what, like when you order something. what moon gels, it's about what nine or ten bucks, and you get what four five, or six five. Okay, five. so I got here it is. This is on Amazon. It is Prime if you are interested, and it is a forty eight piece of drum dampeners. Gel pad, silicone, soft, you know, silencers. Uh, four colors, and you get 48 of these for $9.99. Let me make this one little caveat. These are not drum dots. These are not drum tacks. These are not moon gels. These are cheap knockoff moon gels. So they look fine. They're, they're, the quality is fine, but I did notice on a couple of, the, a couple of them for the most part, they sit flat, but the edges do kind of fray up a little bit. But it still dampens just fine. And I kind of personally got tired of buying moon gel pack after moon gel because they do wear out after a while. And yeah. I love drum dots, but they still wear out after a while. They get yellow and they're not clear anymore. And they don't, you've washed them a hundred times, they just don't stick. So I just wanted to try it out and see how well does a cheap set of moon gels work. And if I were to rate it, these probably work about 85 to 90% as well as a brand name. And I'll, I'll put, let's see if I can show it on the camera close enough. So you can kind of maybe take a screenshot or something. Is it in focus, Jared? Uh, yeah. 
Well, you can see by the picture, you'll be able to find it. Just type in drum dampeners on, on Amazon. And like I said, I'm pretty happy with, I mean, they work just as well. They dampen, you know, they're not as, they're not as quality controlled as, and I might've got a, I might've got a set that just kind of was hot in the pack from being mailed to me, but they work really well and you get 48 of them for nine ninety nine. So I've got them on all the drums that I would normally have them on, on the Pearl kit. I've got two or three on the snare. We just took the Nelson cloth that I had on the little skinny snare off and put those on there. And I've maybe used 16 out of 48. So there's literally like 30 sitting on that. So I won't have to worry about drum dampeners for a while. They do work. So like I said, it was really just more of an experiment in seeing whether a cheap moon gel would work versus the actual moon gel or drum tech. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play, I've only had them for like a week. I'm going to play with them a little bit longer and then kind of do a review episode for a regular bearded drums video. Just kind of talking about the differences. Like, do you want to pay 10 bucks for five moon gels or would you be willing to take the risk on 48 moon gels for nine 99? That's maybe not quite as quality controlled. Yeah. You know, it's just like a Chinese factory pumping out silicone dots. Basically, is all it is. But they do work. They don't move. They're not like falling off the drum, and they dampen like I think they should work. So you can take a, you can take that screenshot that I put up a minute ago, and if you're interested, you can go look at that, and then you can get a really good deal on Amazon for like ten dollars. Yeah. Did I make you lose your place? No. Um I lost it myself. It's okay. While you're looking for your spot. Found it. J- uh, Derek Fountain, OG Legacy, well, not Legacy member, OG creator of Bearded Drums, is watching us on his brand new 65-inch Sony LED, OLED TV. He sprung and got the big boy the other day, and I bet it looks oh so good with our large faces right up in your in your TV. <laughs> Uh, we got BB photos as always. Some clothespin secure sheet music to stands and the wind, or with the fan or AC on stage indoors. And those metal office bonder clips come and paracord uh, slash mason line is handy for all kinds of stuff. If there's room, a snare batter or snare side head in the symbol bag. I once punched through a snare side head, putting my snare into a house stand with no rubber oh, tips. Oh, that sucks. And that's and that's what my paracord is for. Secure the bass drum uh, pedal to the throne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In um, case you get slippage. Because uh, the Tama Classic snare stand is nice and small, lightweight to keep under the seat. Also has a sliding basket drum to accommodate 12 to 14 inch drums. Now, I'm going to back up for a second. The clothespins, I hated clothespins for jazz band, for big band. Clothespins suck. Well, I don't, and I don't know anything about like how y'all deal with the issues yeah. of sheet music. Like I know sometimes y'all have to have the big wide stands so you can lay the, so you don't have to flip. Yeah. But like, yeah, like he was saying with clothespins, like what did you ever do? Like what were little things that helped you as far as sheet music hacks, I guess. So it depended on the chart. So, cause this is where like Charlie BB and Michael either like scold me or tell me that I'm doing all right. Um, if I had to use the clothespin, just because uh, one of the band leaders had a whole box full of them for us, um, I tended to use the the built-in wire bits that are already on my stand. Uh, I always brought my own uh, uh, music stand when I remembered to. Uh, 
So I had like a fancy one that was like real rigid, um, wasn't heavy, but it had the my holders on my music stand were had springs, so they would hold against. It wasn't just a wire flap; like mine would put pressure against my yeah. pages. Um, so what I would do, and this is they're probably gonna laugh at me, but I used to have like one of those big dumb neck lanyards, you know, for your keys yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I had a out of this is a very like multi step process. <laughs> So it would be wire thing on this, and then wallet or wallet would go over the top of the music stand and clip the top part together. So you have that holding the left page. Right page would be the the bottom right one, and so my keys is where the keys come in. I will take because I had two key rings on one uh, carabiner thing on it. I would take one and put it through the actual loop around the neck. And then I would drape it over the back, which would keep the top part from flapping. Yeah. So if the wind changed directions, my pages shouldn't move. Only downside is, hope to God my chart's only two pages long. If yeah. It's more, if it's more than that, I'm screwed. Um, anything like, the worst thing I ever had was we had some weird tune, and I could not get the page turned to save my life. Like, it was in the middle of some weird counting thing. Even I try to memorize it. I don't know what, what it was. I would still mess it up every time. Because I had a mixture of of a drum chart plus a lead sheet. So I had to, like, scratch out where they overlapped. On one page, I went to the next, so I would know it. It was dumb. Um, and so if I didn't have close ones or anything, I'd literally put them together. Um, sometimes Sebastian, Rayback, would have, like, gaff tape or something. I would tape the middles together. Yeah, yeah. Then I'd use my phone on one side, my wallet on the other, if I didn't have my actual uh, music stand, because there's no those clips on those big dumb plastic ones that the high school would make us bring um, on like the the bus or not bus, but the the truck. Or if it was a faraway gig, uh, Mr. Pepper would be like, "Jerry, do you mind putting these stands in the back of your truck?" And I'm like, "Sure, sure, buddy." Sure. And I have ratchet straps, literally holding a wad of 25 music stands wrapped in a circle. And then those ratcheted down to the side. Do not miss those days. I, I feel for it. At I, all. I've, I've never had to, you know, I can't sight read. I can read, but yeah. I cannot read at any speed that you could play with. So I've always had a respect for basically what I consider is the art form of, you know, live sight reading. And then the addition, what we're really talking about is having to deal with turning the pages or carrying that huge stand around or whatever. Um, I know now they have apps where you can download the chart and it'll basically you can either swipe or on time it'll turn the page for you so that's cool but i've always had mad respect for guys that can sight read number one because it is an art form and then two having to deal with you know like you'll see those cruise ship drummers that a lot of the times like they have to push the kit all the way like their crash is here the tom is here and everything fans from here over and then this whole chunk is that big stand with like four sheets or, you know, I've seen those, a lot of those cruise ship drummers will actually change their setup of their kit to accommodate the wall of music that they have to keep with them. Because a lot of those shows, you are sight reading yeah. uh, something new every night. Um, and that's, to me, it was bonkers. Uh, I know that Hugh was telling us from back in the day on he did that one cruise ship gig. Uh, he had all the charts for the first night. And the guy didn't tell him. Uh, this, I think Hugh said he was... Like starting to get in reading drum chart drum sheets, he's like, 
yeah, so here's tomorrow night's show. And he was like, what? Is that the same thing? He was like, no. What do you think this is? Different every time. Yeah. And he was like, what? <laughs> He's like, so between that and then when I played with the Blue Stars a couple uh, one, a couple of times, I, God, I hated it. Um, this is massive binder. Nothing fit and nothing was organized. No matter. I was the only percussionist that played with them for a minute. But somehow my folder was always out of order, no matter how many times. Yeah, that's I'm like, I'm like, who, like who's like who's touching it? Like it's, and you'll have just chart. And there, but the thing they they were numbered, so you had to like go through. Yeah, and was, make sure everything's lined up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, charts one through two fifty, and then God forbid, in the middle of it, you've got a page out of order or m- multiple pages out or of they order. They fall. Yeah, yeah, and you're and it's you're screen peeking and seeing if someone you can look and looking at a. Hopefully the person next to you is cool. They're not like a dick or anything. And they'll like they'll be playing like, and they'll point to you where they are in the music. Like yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're here. I'm like okay, cool, thanks. Yeah, that's helpful. Now whenever I did that uh, that blues gig that one night, yeah, um, I did that for the uh, bass player. He had his sheets up next to me. Nice. So I was literally leaning over, and he would be like, "I'll find the the A chord part." And I'd be like, "Okay, we're on the A chord." And I'll just follow that, and he'd be like, "Uh." The C had given me the O for the coda. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that's okay, cool. So I know where we are. Um, yeah, it's a whole. That's a whole another world having to deal with that. Those are the worst. I would do not uh, miss that at all. Uh, Mike goes. I keep sunblock and bug spray in my emergency kit spare compartment stash. Yeah, so that's a great, good thing as so well. Great when you're in the outdoor summer gigs. I the thing is, I keep that in my uh in my tackle box for fishing but i never thought about bringing it anywhere else yeah luckily i've had never had to deal with that but that is a really good idea oh yeah um bb says yes a streamlight micro stream pin flashlight stays clipped in my pocket it has a reverse belt clip belt clip to the bill of your baseball cap that's what i have in my uh my little uh my special pouch at work uh, for my slot stuff. I oh, have. that's the two. Streamlight and Olight. If you need a, and I'll tell you right now, if you need a good pocket flashlight, small flashlight, keychain flashlight, go on Amazon and look for either Streamlight or Olight. Those two really good brands, and they're not terribly expensive. I know what Streamlight he's specifically talking about. I have the basically the Streamlight that's the same size as your Olight, and those are super helpful. Like your phone is not always going to be either charged or available when you need a little light like that. So that's always, I had the coolest, um, Evan's drum key that when the rep came down like 10 years ago, she had a bag full of swag, yeah. like T-shirts and hats. And she had, it was a lanyard that said Evan's. So I was like, ooh. And it had a drum key on it with a little push, like your keychain separator. Yeah. And the the key, uh, the key the drum key, when you pushed it and released it, there was a light on the top of the key ch- uh, of the drum key. And as soon as you pushed it and it released, that was the contact to turn the light on. Oh, cool. So you had a light and if you flipped it over, it was a drum key. And as soon as you put it back in, it snapped, the light went off. It was the coolest thing I ever had until the battery went out. And I couldn't find the weird little micro batteries that went in, like smaller than hearing yeah. aid batteries. It was, I just gave up on it, but it was the coolest thing. Somebody needs to get it back on that, making a, a hybrid drum key slash flashlight. Because how many times have you, has a wing nut come off the top when you're putting it on or taking it off, or God forbid, a black felt or plastic washer, and then you're like me, spending the next five minutes with your phone looking for something tiny and black on tiny or on black carpet. It's the most annoying thing ever. It's just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> 
Mike goes, if Steven wants to see my snare fiasco, it's on my Instagram feed posted the before and after a couple weeks back. Nice. I'll definitely, definitely have to check that out. Uh, BB says baller TV. Ha ha ha. Mike Malone says clips from music is cool until you have to turn a page, especially while playing. Thank God for iPad and using. Sheet yeah, music there you go. There. I've seen guys that have the, the foot pedal that changes the yeah, sheet yeah, yeah. and the iPads. I'm like, you sons of say it. Bitches, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Like you get to just sit there and play, and then tap your foot, and it turns it for you. Your hands never leave. Your eyes never leave yeah, between yeah. the middle part between music and conductor. Hey, it's you like, gotta love technology. It's like it's not fair. <laughs> I feel like uh, it's like the guy from the Twilight Zone. He gets, he finally finds a book. His glasses break. Yeah, it's yeah. Not it's not fair. I struggled. What is it? I um. I walked so you could run. That's right. Standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> of JT and Mike Malone and BB of turning freaking page music. I hate it. Uh, Mike goes, and those charts on cruise ships are so awful. You're almost better with no charts for some of that crap they give you. Guest entertainers don't care if their charts make sense to the orchestra. That's one thing that I want to go do the cruise ship thing, but that's like one of the scariest things is like having someone give me music. That doesn't make sense. Has Mike done that? Mike, have you been on a cruise ship and done the circuit? Do you know, Jared? I don't know. Let us know if you've actually done that in the chat because that's a whole nother thing topic I would love to tackle one day. But you would kind of almost need, like Mike was, isn't it Mike that's coming down to Destin or something? Yeah. Like if, if, if we could get something like him or somebody that was near here one day that he would be the perfect person if he did actually go onto the cruise circuit to talk about that. Cause like, like you said, and like Hugh could attest to and guys I know that have done that. It is a completely different ball game set of rules. You know, you can't, in a lot of cases you can't mess with the kits. You don't get to, you know, it's not yours. You don't get to play with your snare on their kits. Like no, their kit, their snares, their symbols, their tuning. Yeah. Um, what's the guy that everybody loves? The Pearl guy that's the big cruise ship, used to be a cruise ship. Um, David Cola. Yeah, David Cola used to talk about how in a couple of those vlogs he would get to the kit on the cruise ship and there would literally be a note saying, don't touch the tuning. We know, we've got it where we want it. It's not set up for you. It is set up for the house sound system and to sound good on a cruise ship. So like that's a completely different ball game that I would love to tapple, tackle that topic, but you'd have to have... Hugh or somebody that has done that that could really speak to the differences of working on a cruise ship. Um, he continues, he goes, when I did the Glenn Miller gig, we carried books for like 300 charts. Um, when I did Jeez. Blue Stars, we had 250. Dumb. So many. And the thing was that I hated about that, we had all those charts and and he would call it tunes. I even have lead sheets for. I had nothing for some like for like six six charts I w winged looking off Morgan's third trumpet part with no hits. Good Lord. Also, terrible bass player. I play with the guy <laughs> was a dick. Um, and then uh, Mike goes, uh, like original charts from 50 years before falling apart, had to learn how to file and put them away quickly at the end of each night. That was the same thing with them, man. I had like three or four handwritten charts that were faded like barely legible and you couldn't write on them for anything. I was like, please let me just like highlight, like at least like the hits. No, can't touch it. <laughs> like it's about to be gone forever. Like you want me to salvage this? No. What's in pencil? Write in pen next time. <laughs> um, Mike goes, I did a cruise ship gig. Never again though. I'm done with that for good. Yeah. It's, um, 
it's a whole different thing. Um, and I know a couple of guys that did it. A good friend of mine, saxophone player from, um, from here did it and he enjoyed it based on, he was doing the European cruises. So they went to like up into the Mediterranean. He got to see parts of France. He got to see, he got to see some really cool stuff. But then, like I said, that it's a hard, because you know, you really don't get to have any fun. You don't get to do any, you're, you are there obviously to work. Yeah. And that is your sole job. And that is all you are responsible for. And I think I, I want to say David Cola talked about, there were in a lot of cases, you couldn't even go onto the same decks as the um, as the passengers. There's like certain areas of ship you can only go on. You can only eat in like basically the employee dining room, which I can understand that. But like, yeah, not being able to go to certain parts of the ship that was I thought was kind of weird. Um, so it's a whole different thing. I don't. I know I wouldn't personally enjoy it, but like when Mac used to talk about it, I have to admit, man, there were some cool things he got to do. See. Paris, see uh, parts of Mediterranean Italy and things like that that were really neat. And I've always been a fan of, I've always wanted to take that cruise that goes up into Alaska. And you get to see icebergs, you get to see icebergs breaking off the shelf, you get to see all the, the cool landscape type stuff because it's really pretty up there. And that being an even better cruise for me because I don't like boats really, that water up there is super calm. It's not stormy up in the northwest corner of the ocean. So it's typically when you're close to the shore and you're doing all that like touristy stuff for the icebergs and all that, it's pretty calm. So I could see myself doing that or just taking a trip like that to see the sites that you maybe not get to see normally, but doing yeah. it for the love of doing cruise music. No, my friend, for certain. my friend Austin had a pretty sweet gig. Uh, he played bass for one of those like Norwegian cruise lines yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And he got to do like the whole club scene, so he never had to play. That's probably fun. Play the he had to play like the ballroom shows. He got to just sit in the club and play like top forty. That's probably fun. Um, and and a lot of the videos I saw, the guy that I was watching was pulling double duty. He was doing the ballroom shows, and then on off nights or whatever they were doing the club gig or the the dance gig. Yeah. Um. So that would probably be be fun. But the whole thing is, and then you're going for however long you sign up for, if you're going to be gone for three months or whatever, yeah, it probably wears on you a lot. Yeah. Cause I don't think I like that. I like to ask Mike about, uh, this be a whole nother topic. Yeah. Uh, that's well, that'll be a, a, a topic we'll do one day, but we'll have to get an expert in here to really, yeah. to go after that. Um, he goes, I did the Mediterranean cruise, which allowed me to port to Istanbul. There you go. And go, and go to the Bosphorus factory. Nice. And the travel was awesome, but it really starts to wear on you after the first month. That's what I figured. Um, and he goes, I had guest privileges, but I could still get kicked out of any area or restaurant on the ship if an officer or captain was in a bad mood. Yeah. Um, he goes, would be fun to talk about it sometime on the show and I could share some photos. He goes, I play in the jazz quartet and played with great musicians, but when people... Uh, get fed up with their contract, the motivation and effort is almost nothing. I'm sure the turnaround is really high for that type of work. Uh, BB says, yeah, I heard about the BS crew slash passenger hierarchy on most cruise ships. Uh, Mike, let us know whenever you come down to, to desk or whatever, and if we're able to swing it in any way, shape, form, or po possible. Love to, one, get to meet you in person, and, and two, we could do like a little... Yeah, we could try to like we could try little. to work something out like a remote or a something. That would yeah. be uh, that would be 
the, you know, obviously however long he's here, depending upon if I have gigs or if you're working, but yeah, if we can work something out, that will be high priority for yeah. sure. For sure. So, so let's keep us in the loop on that. Yeah. Um, but that's it for awesome. now for comments with, um, well, you know, like I said, and everybody's pretty much shared the same thing. There were some outliers there. Um, the power strip, maybe possibly a, a, a an extra bass drum pedal. The bug spray is a good one. Yep. I don't worry about suntan lotion because I don't really burn that bad, but I know you're, you're a light-complected guy. You probably burn really easy. Yeah. Um, so that's an, another good one. But generally, we covered just about everything I think that's useful. And it's all common-sense stuff. You know what could break. A tension rod, a spring, your, snable, uh, your, sta- your snare snable cable, rod. or your snare strap. Like, I really recommend if you haven't done it already and it doesn't have to be some super nice over the top kit just throw the required pieces in there there's a billion videos including one i did myself on youtube about how to put together an emergency kit plus what we covered today it will save you jared's probably gotten caught a bunch of times i've gotten caught a bunch of times if you haven't got caught you will at some point it will happen um, and I learned that lesson again 20 years down the road on Tuesday. So I've already corrected that and will not have to worry about having some stupid marching sticks to play with all night. Um, but, you know, this is easy stuff to do and will really save you in the long run. And thank you to everybody that shared their um, their ideas as well. Um, so oh, I did manage to find the legacy sticker or the card so here is the updated list nothing but drums joshua breslow mark whitman david huckstep ar drummer charlie smith bb photo neil holloman michael benson spencer cragseth mike malone doc Amomo, richie henry david supertinent scott shireman the wizard himself dave drake and david bygum this is the most current updated legacy member list. If you see your name on this list and you have not already, you need to go and mail me your mailing ad- or email me your mailing address to beardedrums at gmail.com so I can get all of these stickers mailed out either this week or beginning of next week to everybody. And then once you receive your sticker, if you would be so kind as to take a photo of the sticker, either on your drum, other you holding it, whatever, and tag myself and Jarrett on Instagram. Jarrett is at J underscore R-A-T-T. I am at S Nelson underscore junior. If you don't have Instagram, just send them to bearded drums at gmail.com. And that way we can get everybody tagged using their legacy sticker. So I'll put it up again. These are all of the current legacy members. If you see your name up here and you have not already go ahead and send me your mailing address. I'll leave that up while we kind of wrap everything up so you can make sure that your name is on there. And as always, Thank you to everybody on this list and everybody that's here every week that joins in on the chat that sends in submissions of their kits and their projects. Like I said, this is what makes the show. This is why we did the show live as opposed to recording it because y'all are what makes the interaction and makes this, you know, fun for us. And hopefully, obviously you're here fun for you. Now, that being said, coming up, not in the next couple of weeks, but I think it's not next week, but the week after that, I've got two or three weeks where I have gigs on Thursday. I don't know what we're going to do yet. What we may do is just pre-record, um, 
and upload it as a it'll 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 upload as a regular video. You won't be able to chat live with us, which I really don't like that. But if it was one Thursday, it'd be one thing. But I want to say I have either two or three Thursdays where I'm going to be playing. So we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do. It'll probably be a recorded pre-recorded video. Um, we'll still do the submissions as usual. We'll still do everything. You just won't be able to live chat with us. You'll still be able to comment and we'll be able to go back and read the comments later, but that is going to be coming up. But as soon as we get through all of those Thursdays that I'm off on the 22nd of July, our very next special live guest, Mr. Hugh Barlow, the drum teacher of all around here. In addition to Mr. Ray Hanser and Pat McGinley, the guys that really handled us as we were coming up, and is responsible for a lot of our drum knowledge, is going to be coming live on the show. We should have the audio set up to play drums live on the show by then. We'll probably do like a drum tuning, uh, according to the way Hugh would tune it, and all of the cool stuff we're going to talk about with Hugh. So July 22nd, that Thursday, make sure to tune in for Hugh Barlow live here on the show. And then I would say if you have ever wanted to know anything about playing during the I consider the heyday of playing music. Um, get your questions ready. I mean, this man did everything from big clubs to small clubs. He did cruise ships back in the day. The man did big band. He did uh, quartets and combos. I mean, the man is a wealth of knowledge. He is. So if you have anything about what was it like playing back in the day, um, like I said, in the heyday, like, you know, 70s, 80s, all that good jazz. Literally, uh, he's he's the one to ask if you have any questions about vintage gear or know anything about like that. The man worked on it. Um, he did uh, clinics, uh, setting them up with some of the greats like Tony Williams. Buddy Rich came in the shop a lot, um, where he worked at. So I mean, he's got he's a got tons of stories and all the guys that we look up to. Yeah, uh, and draw inspiration from. He's met them in some shape or form and has probably more than two cents about each yeah, of them. Yeah, got, we've got, I've been waiting for this. We've all kind of been waiting on this. It's going to be a good episode. And we also have guys like Ray Hansen from around here who is basically an ex- expert in restoring drums and getting drums back up to par and like taking vintage drums that a lot of us would look at and go, no, and he fixes them. And in a lot of cases, uh, Ray Hanser will take crap drum sets and make them sound great so we've got a, a a bunch of good mentor type guys in our area that we will be having on in addition to hugh so we've got some good stuff coming up hugh's going to be on july 22nd and uh that's going to really i would i know y'all are here every week but that was going to be the one that you really don't want to miss and as usual remind everybody that if you want to hear the live or the audio only version of the podcast, you can search us on Apple podcasts, Spotify and Google podcasts. And of course, normally we're here every Thursday from six, depending upon, you know, how long we go until we stop. Um, so that kind of wraps us up for the week. Thank you to everybody as usual that sent in their submissions for the week. Thank you to all of you who are in the chat, sharing your ideas about what to do in the event of a drummer emergency. Um, that really is anybody that hasn't done this already, any information that we all got today, that will be very applicable for them making sure that that never happens yeah. to them. Like happened to me on Tuesday. So Jared, anything you need to drop some knowledge on before we get out of here? Well, it's something we kind of talked about this past Sunday. Um, you know, I, and I just want to make sure that the folks at home know about it. All um, right. Just remember, uh, 
that sugar were going down, down in an earlier round. Sugar, we're going down swinging. I'll be another one with, with the, the bullet. bullet. A loaded god complex. Cock, Cock and, and pull. It. That's right, guys. So that's all. Jared always share. dropping some knowledge on us. So from both Jared and I, thank you again for hanging out with us this week. Jared, please take us out of here in typical bearded drums fashion. We'll see you on the next one. Later, guys. Peace.